welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode 109. Um, as always, you can check out this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can listen to us on Google Play. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei, and real quick, before we get started, uh, two other additional announcements uh, to plug. Um, in addition to listening to us on all of these other platforms, we are also now on Spotify, officially. So, um, if you have Spotify, you can, you can listen to the Dojo Talk podcast on there, you can give us a follow, um, you'll always be updated with episodes. Um, one of the biggest streaming platforms so warn them now give us a follow if you're a spotify user um i use spotify all the time not that it's a plug for them they don't pay me but <laughs> you know we're, we're on spotify yeah not yet not yet we're working on it <laughs> but yeah we're on spotify now though so that, that's pretty awesome so please give us a follow give us a follow on there um share with a friend and uh, last announcement, by the time you guys hear this, uh, probably be like about Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going to guess, um, but either way, my book, The Oddball Chronicles, will be out, it comes out November 12th, by the time you guys hear that, that date will probably already have passed, so if you want to uh, read a little, you know, drama, slice of life, comedy, mixed with a little, you know, my, my, my little wit, so to speak, give it a look, give it a read. 99 cents in the Amazon store. You do not need a Kindle to read it. You can download the Amazon, uh, I think it's called the Cloud Reader, and it runs off of any browser, and you can just read it straight from your laptop or your phone or whatever device uh, you choose to read your material from. So go purchase the Oddball Chronicles, support me for 99 cents, and uh, go give us a follow on Spotify, man. We're on Spotify. We're doing it big. We're trying. We're, we're, we're trying to make moves out here. But... Of course, as always, I'm joined with my co-host Antaku. What's going on, man? I'm not procrastinating. <laughs> Let you guys know he he's been working real hard over here. He's had a rough week, but uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna pull him through. No, <laughs> I've already given up. So fret not. We gotta we, we gotta work on getting uh the Dojo Talk podcast health insurance. Um, you know. Yeah. So I so flu shots. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, I I got a flu shot like two weeks ago, and it was the first time in years where I felt like really sick. Yeah, because they they give you the flu, right? So whatever. I don't I I don't I work around children. I don't want their germs infesting me with. You know, death 
this week, I, I don't, I guess I get the stomach flu or whatever to the point where I can't eat. I spent all of Tuesday in bed in like a pile, like not even asleep, just like in a pile. I couldn't move. It was awful. And then I went, work, and then I went to work the next day. So that's been my week. Yeah, we, uh, we, 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 we got to get our health insurance rolling off the ground. We don't, we don't have PTO or any of that. Uh, just PTO. It just <laughs> I get so much comp time. Just take a year <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I have not gotten a flu shot since I was like 12. Figured my body hasn't died yet, so. This see, is just gonna, see gonna you were fancy. smart. I got peer pressure into it. See, my, my whole thing, and sorry, this is a whole side tangent that has nothing to do with fighting. But my my whole thing was like I think I've I've had the flu, I think twice in my life. Like I remember getting it when I was like a little kid, and then I remember I got it when I was in eighth grade, and it was, it was definitely like one of the worst things ever. I think all I did for like an entire week was just stay in bed and drink tea, and like my head hurt. I couldn't even like watch TV. That like just the, the static noise from the TV hurt my head. It was a terrible time. But after I got over that, I never got sick. Oh, I never got the flu again. So I was like, why do I need a flu shot now? I've been going strong for like a decade. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, hopefully the flu doesn't evolve and get me one of these days, but I'm going to keep chancing it. I mean, maybe by then something else will get you. So it's fine. Yeah, we'll have a new plague. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're due for one. That's what I keep hearing. Like... We're supposed to get like the next version of like the Spanish bird flu, or something. Oh god. Well, not looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay, whatever, whatever. Just quarantine yourself, people. Just, just don't talk to anybody. Yeah. Just don't go outside. <laughs> What's the name of that Earl album? That Earl. Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't do shit. I don't go outside. Just, just, just don't do anything. Exactly. There you go. Just follow Earl. He knows the way. <laughs> but, um, real quick before we get started, uh, top cities of the week. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this first name. Uh, Kelowna, Canada. K E L O W N A, uh, Canada. Shout out to you guys. Uh, Farnham in the United Kingdom. Uh, number three, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Number four, Istanbul, Turkey. And number five, we got, uh, is it Ripon or Ripon, California? Or Ripon? I don't know how you say that. R-I-P-O-N, California. Uh, and tied with them was Monticello, New York, and Seattle, Washington. So, shout out to you guys. Uh, appreciate the uh, Tumblr listenership. Uh, Twitter people who support. All you people who post and reblog. Always appreciate you guys. Um, so yeah, I guess we will just, uh, get started because since the last time we recorded, which was only just, like, not even that long ago, a, week. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot has happened. So, um, I will run through flight announcements, um, and then we'll have a few conversations, a couple of big, uh, things in the, in the, the combat sports world happened this week that we'll, we'll dissect a little bit. And then we will get into this long card. 
it's the six fight main card but whatever um <laughs> so uh news and notes and fight announcements for the week uh, UFC 233, uh, which will be going down on January 26th next year, has a good host of fights going down. Uh, we got Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler, Paul Felder versus James Vick, Islam Makachev versus Francisco Trinaldo, Arian Lipsky versus Joan Calderwood, Marion Renault versus Yana Kunitskaya, and Dominic Cruz versus Lineker is also in the works for that card as well. Um, at UFC 232, we got Chad Mendez versus Alexander Volskanovsky. Um, January 19th, we are getting closer to the ESPN Plus debut. They have a little, uh, that card is starting to round out now. We got Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostovich. Uh, Ian Kudalaba versus Glover Teixeira. Alonzo Menafield versus Vinicius Alves. And Jeff Neal versus Bilal Muhammad. That should be a really awesome fight. Um, at UFC on Fox 31 in Milwaukee, uh, Charles Dubronx Oliveira will be having a rematch with Jim Miller. Um, Paulo Costa is out of his fight with Yoel Romero, so no no superhero duel go going down. Um, at the Beijing card, uh, UFC Beijing, November 24th, later this month, uh, we got Song Yadong and Vince Morales and Ping Wan Lu versus Martin Day. Um, for the Tough 28 finale, Gilbert Melendez is out of the Arnold Allen fight. Uh, replacing Melendez will be Rick Glenn. Also on that card, we will have Antonina Shevchenko versus Ji Young Kim. And Joseph Benavides versus Alex Perez. Um, at UFC Fight Night Argentina, Tom Breeze is injured and out of his fight against Cesar Ferreira. Tom Breeze has been replaced with Ian Hennessich, if I'm saying that right. Um... Elsewhere in the mixed martial arts world, over in one, one championship has been all over the headlines uh, these last few weeks. Um, Misha Tate is the new vice president of one championship. Uh, her role, from what I understand, she will be a brand ambassador um, and uh, I believe a color commentator as well. So congrats to her and her, uh, what is her boyfriend's name? Is it Johnny Nunez? Uh, sure. Yeah, he um he actually signed a uh, deal over there as well, not as a president or anything, but like a fight contract. So they'll be over there. So shout out to her. That's a pretty big move. Um, Mighty Mouse and Eddie Alvarez, who I'm sure you guys know by now, are both signed to one championship. Um, these gentlemen will be participating in Grand Prix in their respective divisions. Um, other than that, don't have many details. I don't think any date or opponents are named, but um, from what I understand, they'll both be headlining their respective divisions in those Grand Prix. So that should be pretty awesome. Um, over in Bellator, pretty big fight. Aaron Pico's next opponent will be Henry Corrales. Um, up to, uh, the date is January 26th. I don't know the name of that event, but January 26th, uh, Pico versus Corrales. That should be a pretty good fight. A fight I think we actually called, uh, saying that that would most likely be one of the names for his next opponents. And the last bit of no, uh, news that I have, uh, UFC vet and recent uh, PFL welterweight tournament contender uh, or participant, uh, Rick Story has announced his retirement at the age of 34. Uh, see you in the bare knuckle league in like five months or something. I don't believe people when they say they're going to retire. But if you do indeed retire, best of luck to you. Um, he, he's put on a lot of, of fun fights in the UFC. Um, it was a really, like, hot prospect, like, when he first came. He had a nice little run going, and then, you know, 
thing, things. He took a short. Or he took a short notice fight with uh, was it Charlie Brenneman? And then lost, yeah. and then just spiraled out of control yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life, life kind of happened fast, but yeah, man. Rick, Rick Story was a was a pretty pretty entertaining guy. He was a pretty violent guy. So, you know, best of luck to him if he is officially retiring. If not, see you in the bare knuckle league in five months. I mean, Chris Lieben just won. So, yeah. <laughs> let's, get, let's get this shit rolling. I uh, I cannot bring myself to watch. I don't know why that's the that's the thing that makes me draw the line. Like that's the line that I can't cross. I, I watched the, the first event. I think I watched the um the Beck Rawlings fight, and maybe like one other one. I was like, ah, this isn't for me. I I can't. Man. <laughs> I can't do this. Whack. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> like you like you never watched World Star before. That's, I know. <laughs> I know I'm such a hypocrite. I know I am, but I just, I mean, I, I saw highlights. I saw Johnny Hendricks get beat up by, was it Dakota Cochran? Um, Josh Neer was out there. It, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's our main event, Josh Neer. <laughs> I, I don't know. You you guys can have the bare knuckle league, man. It's Like, I, I'll always just watch highlights because I kind of like, but with the people that I follow on Twitter, I, I can't really avoid it. And there's a small part of me that is curious, but I don't think I could sit down and just watch an entire bare knuckle event. Listen, I man, just... listen. The bare knuckle fight league is the only thing making Wyoming financially viable, right? Like, like feasible right now. Like they they come for Grand T- uh, Ten National Park, but they stay to watch. Chris Lieben and Phil Baroni <laughs> take even more years off of each other's lives. <laughs> Hold on, does that league like have belts or anything? Not yet, but I assume they're working towards it. Oh boy! I mean, Chris, Chris, Chris Lieben, your world champ. I mean, let's be like, come on, like, you know who was a bare knuckle fight? Uh, champion before he became a pro and uh, was like um, a, a actual world champion. You know who it was? Yeah. Tyson motherfucking Fury. <laughs> That's probably like I, I think I mentioned this before. King of the, the King of the Gypsies is not like a joke. It's an actual title he won from doing bare knuckle fighting. Jesus. So what I'm saying is, we we could get the next Floyd Mayweather out of this thing, like yeah, just potentially, potentially, potentially. Wyoming, whoa, whoa. Wyoming's ahead of the curve. They're trying to bring back the heavyweight division. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll depend on you guys to keep me uh, briefed on uh the the, the bare knuckle happenings if, if I should uh <laughs> if I should look out for anybody uh c- c- coming from over there i mean i'm but, not uh, watching because like they want 30 dollars a pay-per-view i'm like are you been fucking sane I, I saw some people who paid for it man and they they, they seem like they had a good time you know i mean <laughs> dude it's bare knuckle fighting how can you go wrong <laughs> e- even if somebody wins they lose because they can't like make a fist for like five days oh my god did you see the one guy whose hand is just like all yes <laughs> it's his hand was mutilated. Like it looked like he tried to like transform and he stopped like mid transformation, and that's just that was just the end result. His hand just 
Oh my god, speaking of freak shows, did you see um Hongman Cho Choi versus uh <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the whole fight, but I saw the spinning back kick. <laughs> 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 so for people who don't uh who don't know, uh you know you know Hongman Choi is like eight feet tall. He's also like um, thirty thousand years old. Yeah, he's ancient. He's been around here. Uh, for, for reference, if you guys don't know who that is, uh, if you look up any Fedor highlights, uh, he he's the very tall gentleman that Fedor uh, armbarred. Um, and uh, what's what's the monk's name? Yilong. Yeah, Yilong. Uh, he's like a real life monk, like for real. For real. Like uh, that's sketchy. Well, he fights like. It. <laughs> 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 the, the legend of Yi Long is a rip, uh, is a mystery wrapped in an enigma. He 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 fights like it at least. But he he, he, he is a, a decent kickboxer who came to, who has come to fame because he is a because he calls himself a Shaolin monk, and he fights with no defense. Yeah, his defense is to just take punches straight on the chin. Like, and, purposely and position himself to take punches straight on the chin. No, I don't know if he's trying to channel something. I don't know. But, hey, man, he, he's out here. Yeah, he, he spinning back kicked uh, Hong Man Choi, who uh, held his genitals for eight minutes. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that fight just kind of ended. And, if, you know, Hong Man Choi, literally, he's like, that guy's got to be like seven feet. Well, well, that was the end of the fight. Yeah, they, they say it was to the body. Which, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I I did not know that. So, um, but but the rules for this fight were um pretty incredible. I want to say it was like a nine minute round, and the only way to win was to knock the other person out. They really did some blood sport. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I forget the name of the um. The, the promotion behind it, but I'm, I'm all for freaking, uh, you know, not uh, knockout fighting. Like, bring it. Fight until one person just can't get up anymore. Listen, man, we're bringing back the, the Kumites coming back. <laughs> what was the what was the pit boxing league from a couple years ago? P, uh, uh, it wasn't BKB. It was, uh, was it BKB? I don't know. It, but... The pit, yeah, it was a pit. Boxing League. Jesus. They basically made these two gentlemen fight to the death. And uh, he got kicked in the... Well, they, all right, they said it was to the body. It, it looked like a nut shot to me. But... <laughs> I, I don't know. But... The, the, the combat sports, man. Like... I... There, there's just certain things you can't get from other forms of sports entertainment that only combat sports can give you, and that this—that's just one of those. That's just one of those moments. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Big knockout win. boxing. That's what it was, because Leila McCarter fought in it, and gave Rosado, and Curtis Stevens, both famous for getting the shit beat out of them by uh, one Gennady Golovkin. <laughs> it's a shame that they only stopped after three events. Oh boy, cross my didn't die in the pit. I mean, you live in the pit, you die in the pit. Let's be real. I don't know. Hope maybe that's what karate combat's gonna turn into. They're already in a pit. Yeah, surrounded by a bunch of rich people. I mean, what's more combat sports than that? 
Ah, oh, we we are a bunch of savages. <laughs> what does this say about us? Oh man, that we're only uh, human. That is true. We're we're flawed people. We're not perfect. You know. Speaking of flawed people, uh, I don't know where I was going to go with that, but Floyd Mayweather. Oh boy. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, do we, do we, do we start with Floyd or do we go with Floyd? Yeah, let's do Floyd first. Got some fun with this. I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you handle this, this story. So at like six o'clock last Sunday, after we had already finished recording for the day, Stokes hits us up by a text and is like, "Is Floyd Mayweather really fight, fighting Dungeon Natsukawa?" Mike, uh, say, what was your your original response to seeing those words grouped together. Um, God, I'm trying to go back to the thread actually to see what did I say. I, I, I was pretty sure I thought this was a joke. And then I started getting worried. Like, because <laughs> he posted it and I was like, no, that's a joke. And then I got on Twitter and I saw people like questioning. I was like, ah, oh, this can't be real. And I was like, ah, oh, this is probably just a stunt. Like, you know, New Year's car, they're trying to build hype. And then I saw the poster, and I was like, oh, no, this is, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> and I was like, I was like confused and happy and angry all at the same time. Because it's like, why is this a thing? But then I'm like, it's rising. Why wouldn't it be a thing? And I was like, well, why would Floyd fight tension of all people? And I was like, well, who cares who he fights? Well, you know, this. And then I wanted to know the rules, like, because I was like, there's no way this is a kickboxing fight. There's no way this is a kickboxing fight. Tension would murder him in, in 30 seconds. But I was almost bummed that this ended up not, I don't say I was bummed. There was a small part of me that was slightly disappointed that this wasn't a thing, because it would have been such a spectacle, like, th this would have been the spectacle of all spectacles. Like, this would have been the... Uh, I don't know if you would call it a freak fight, but <laughs> this would have been something. This would have been something crazy, but um, yeah, this that was the wildest like two days because it well, not even two days. I feel like this got shot down really quick. I feel like that same day we this got shot down. Like, oh no, this isn't real. Well, it came out like a day or two later that Floyd finally got back from Japan. It was like, yeah, they lied to me. <laughs> there, like I, I, I don't have his Instagram post in front of me, and I don't feel like bringing it up, so I'm just going to try and remember off the top of my head what it said. But I, I want to say it was something along the lines of Floyd was like, "I'm a famous, I'm the most famous sports person ever. Like I get paid for ridiculous sums of money for appearances, and I thought this was going to be like a three round." private affair for like rich patrons or something not this big freaking like apparently he was he said he was surprised by everything from like and and, and like there's a little bit of credence to that because i don't think floyd would have shown up in like a jumpsuit to like a media conference announcing a fight you know what i mean yeah like he shows up, like if you like, so after Stoke sends us this text, I, I immediately go on Twitter and find the stream to the Ryzen uh, announcement conference that they're having, and Floyd looks completely effing lost. 
Like, if you watch, like, he's, like, biting his lips. He's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but, uh, like, he's answering questions. They're translating, whatever. Um, but, like, I can't remember. The, the, is it Brett Johnson of One Entertainment? Who's supposedly responsible for putting this putting this chaos together um it, it came out that like apparently like they had this in the works for a, like at least a month like talks are going on and uh Brett Johnson uh, actually has a picture of Floyd Mayweather uh, uh, what I assume to be Floyd Mayweather because he's wearing a big ass diamond encrusted watch in the picture he has a picture of him in Ryzen gloves on his Instagram and like a picture of Floyd in Japan, like three weeks before the conference, I want to say two or three weeks before the conference, um, talking about how they're going to fight on new year's Eve in Japan. So Floyd knew what was going to happen. He like, he knew he was fighting for rising. He, he knew this was like a big thing or at least Johnson did. So either Floyd didn't do his homework or Floyd got paid an appearance fee and was like, "I don't want to fight Tenshin Nakasawa." <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be petty, and I'm gonna say, you know, he, he went in here thinking like, "Oh yeah, you know, this will be a fun fight, whatever, whatever." He he saw one highlight and he was like, "Nah, I'm good, bro. I'm uh." I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm gonna say it was probably Floyd was like, "You know what? I'll get my way in the end. It'll be a boxing match. It'll be three rounds. It'll be a hundred million dollars easy." Like no no sweat whatever just show up get get my work in get my paycheck leave and I'm assuming like that after the press conference like him and Ryzen uh, whoever was at Ryzen just like sat down or like yeah no we want a kickboxing match or we want a special rules match or we want a mixed martial arts match and Floyd was like fuck that and just can't when he can't got home he was like yeah no this fight isn't happening anymore yeah we're out of here. <laughs> But shout to Ryzen because they got everything they wanted. Tetsuya Nasakawa's name was in everything from, like, The Guardian to The New York Times to ESPN. Like, dude's name was everywhere. I don't, I don't know if that translates to, like, him. Like, in this saturated sports, com, like, combat sports market, I don't know if that translates to more people spending $20 to watch Tension fight some, like, dude on uh, New Year's Eve. But uh, yeah, his like, name floated out there for a little bit. His name was out there. Like Ariel Hawani was talking about him. Luke Thomas was talking about him. If you go on YouTube, like you'll find like this is the guy who Floyd Mayweather ducked videos with like a million right. views on them. <laughs> uh, like like the the dude got like some uh, dude got some for real for real buzz off it. Um, I think that's the to me that's the best thing that happened out of all this. Like people found out who Tension was. Right. And even though I saw a lot of ignorant comments about him, I, I kind of had to brush him to the side because I'm like, mo most people, they're not like me or, or us. We, we take all these deep dives. We find everybody in the four corners of the world who can throw a punch. Mo most people aren't really paying attention to kickboxing. Uh, they don't even pay attention to kickboxing in the U.S., m much less what's going on in, in another part of the world. So, you know, but... Hopefully, at least Trent. Maybe I hope he can ride the wave a little bit. I don't expect it to last that long, though. Maybe he'll get a good look on that New Year's card. 
Well, just because it, it's most important what happens inside Japan because that's who Ryzen's core audience should be, and they're really like they they've been pretty stagnant since um they debuted. Like the the ratings haven't gone too far down, but they haven't exactly gone up in the way that they've been wanting them to. So, um, you know, now that they got Tencha's name next to Floyd Mayweather, who knows? If if you're if you're rising, do 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 you do like a petty promotion when uh the the man Floyd ducked? You're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing on every poster, but I'm yeah. petty. So I'm just saying, you gotta you gotta capitalize off the wave while you got it, man. Um. But no, nah, that you know, it was it was just a fun moment in time. I think I came to the realization that this wouldn't be real because like there's no way Ryzen is gonna pay Floyd, How, whatever the money that he was. I'm like, there's no way that he's getting like they're not paying him out. Dude, that's like that, that's straight, like that's straight up some yakuza money. I, I'm sorry, I, I know people are like there there are some like JMMA fans who are like taking offense to that, but like Sakaki Bar Sakaki Bar was saying like oh 61 million of the a hundred million dollars we're paying Floyd Mayweather coming from the pride sale. I'm like, dude, you ran a whole nother promotion in between. <laughs> like, matter of fact, you might actually ran two. Like, where the fuck you get this money from? <laughs> I don't know, man. So, stocks and bonds and <laughs> like, I, like, I straight up don't know what Sakaki Barra does when he's not doing Ryzen or Dream or whatever. So, like, I could just be, like, completely... He, he probably knows he's a billionaire, like, an actual billionaire. And this is, like, his side gig. So. Well, yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was a fun moment in time. It was, it was the craziest headline. Like, the only thing I can compare it to is if you went back in time... And you're like a pro wrestling fan in the 1970s, and you see the headline, Floyd Mayweather, uh, not Floyd Mayweather, um, Muhammad Ali to fight Antonio Inoki <laughs> in special rules match in Japan. Like, right. that's the only thing I can compare it to. Man. Like, almost, uh, like, this is why JMMA is so much better than the UFC, because they get like Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather and Mike Tyson. And all the UFC can really get is like fifty-year-old James Tony. <laughs> if they would have pulled this off, though, maybe there's still hope. I mean, they said that they're still trying, like they're still talking. Like I'm assuming this is just Floyd. If this happens, it's going to be Floyd maneuvering for more money and the boxing match. Yeah. All right. Before before we get off this topic, just hypothetical. How, how how does tension hold up in a boxing match? Uh, not well. But at the same time, like I don't expect Floyd to just go out there and do he did the Conor McGregor and just march him down. Like Tension's crazy. Like McGregor doesn't get into firefights. Tension Nasakawa will yeah. on like a moment's notice. So, like I like I like I don't think it'll be like a challenging fight for Floyd. But yeah. it'll be more competitive than Connor, but probably go. Uh, like Con- Connor had size. Like that's a that's the other thing. Like Tenshin Nasukawa was like three to four inches smaller, and probably was like twenty to thirty pounds lighter than Floyd. No, that is true. Also, 
Like if if it's a it's if if they do do the match, I just want like a a special rule where like tension has to allow the one rolling thunder per round. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. I don't think Floyd would know what to do if he saw a rolling. Well, it wouldn't matter because he probably would see it and then he would be staring up at the ceiling after it. Not not a lot of time to process when that happens. Right. We can dream. Maybe, maybe this will somehow become a reality. I doubt it, but uh, like no. I joked, but like one day we're gonna get like Terrence Crawford versus like Takaru. I feel like that's like <laughs> those kind of fights are like the next evolution of combat sports. Like eventually, because I feel like we go through these these phases. Like Be- Bellator had like the freak fights. Um, I mean, Pride, I like the, Pride, like, well, Pride yeah, was yeah. built on these fights. Pride had the freak fights. Be- Bellator took them to a, 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 I ain't gonna say a new level. It was different. They lowered the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, 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 they did the, the freak fight remixes. Um, the UFC has the CM Punk thing, and I feel like they're trying to push, I feel like the double champ thing in the UFC, they're really trying to make that a, a, like that's trying to become the new thing now. Um, oh, did I did we mention that? Did we? The, uh, oh yeah, did, no. I don't we, think did. We, we did not. <laughs> I did not write that down. Um, yeah, other fight news. Uh, I don't. I don't think this has a date. But um, UFC two thirty three is the targeted date, from what I remember. Oh, so this card's gonna be pretty stacked then. Um. So yeah, TJ Dillashaw and uh. Actually, no, I'm glad we mentioned this, because this segues perfectly into the next conversation. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, Henry Cejudo, will be at 125 for whatever reason. They will be fighting for a belt for a division that will most likely not be here next year. This might actually be the last fight in, like, the flyweight history. Right. And basically, I feel like if oh. if TJ wins, you can promote him as double champ. If, if Cejudo wins... You know, it it gives him stake at 135 now because it's like, oh, I beat I beat the champ that is division above me. Now you can't say I don't deserve to be at 135 fighting the best of the best. You know, so on and so forth. Um, well, it gives him a rematch. That yeah, that too. So for the UFC, I think it's it's like a win win. As a fan, I don't care to see this. At least not at 125. I don't care to see this. If you, to be honest, I don't. I kind of, uh, I can't say I don't care to see this fight in general. I I think it's just the timing of it I don't like. Like there are like three guys who are right right behind T.J. Dillashaw who should be like fighting for the title. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. You 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 gave up on flyweight. You're already firing dudes. Um, we should probably mention them too. Like. Friend of the show, Jose Shorty Torres, is no longer in the UFC. Uh, Justin Scoggins, no longer in the UFC. Um, who who else was talking about like not having a job? Yeah. Like there there are a couple flyweights who have already come out and said that yeah, you know the UFC let us go. Uh, there are guys, a lot of them, some of them who are coming off of wins. Um, like like flyweights did. The UFC hasn't announced it yet publicly but they're telling their fighters that the flyway is basically dead so um sucks yeah, it's... but 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 Tachi Palace 
rises from the ashes, <laughs> gets on the zone, <laughs> it just becomes lit. Oh, man. I'm trying to... Like, it really does suck. Like, a lot of these guys, a lot of these talented fighters, like I said, Shorty Torres, man, friend of the show, we had a great interview with him. He didn't even get a chance to go to 35 where he has previously competed. Like, they just they just sent him on his way. Um, it sucks. I, uh, I almost don't even feel like getting into, like, the reasoning. Like, whatever. They didn't like the division. Dude, the reasoning's stupid because none of these divisions draw because the number two freaking, like, heavyweight in the world fought last week against the number 10 dude, and they could barely hit 500,000 people. So, like, you, you're running 40 shows a year. You, you don't care about ratings. Stop. Stop lying to yourself. And as much as we, we talked about it last podcast, like, going over the schedule for next year, there are going to be a lot of fights next year. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And you just scrapped the whole division with fighters that could have filled a lot of those slots. I mean, and let's, 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 let's be honest here, man. Is, is, is... <laughs> outside of like the top three guys at 205 is flyweight really like that worse than light heavyweight it is remarkably better than light heavyweight. <laughs> like are we if we're being honest here like is flyweight really that bad compared to light heavyweight it it is head and shoulders better than this division <laughs> like, like i'm like i'm sorry it's yeah no it is just way better like do you to 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 re rewind this uh do, do some uh revisionist history real quick uh do you think this whole situation happens if we rewind time and um joseph benavidez beats mighty mouse that's i mean that was the that was their original conceit right the, like literally um when Dana was talking about over the summer, he was in his little skirmish with uh, DJ about like getting rid of the flyweight division. He he said we thought about getting rid of the division three years ago. Three years ago, almost like I'm not gonna say to the date, but that was like just around that period when DJ knocked Joseph Benavides out, forever cementing that Joseph Benavides would never have the flyweight title, like. I think the UFC really wanted a Joseph Benavidez, Joseph Benavidez, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendez like title run. Yeah, and they were just upset they never got it. And now they took their ball and they're going home and they closed down the court. Yeah, like indefinitely. And to be honest, what's really unfortunate is, I mean, for guys if you haven't been following like. MMA, MMA for that long, like, there was a point in time where, like, the lightweight division wasn't a thing anymore. Like, they, they shut that down. Thank God it came back. I don't think the flyweight division's coming back. Like, Can you imagine if the UFC was still just welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight? <laughs> oh, my God. We would have been in... I mean, we, we still would have gotten some good fights, but we would have got... Like, the we, only we good division would be with middleweight. I should say the only fun division would be middleweight. Well, welterweight would have had a decent run, but it would have fell off. Like it would have fell off. 
yeah, middleweight would have been cool. Light heavyweight would have. <laughs> like if you if you think we're getting like weird headliners now with like Vulcan fighting like Smith, like. Oh yeah, it would have been bad. Oh my god, like, like yeah. we'd be we'd be getting like um, what's the dude's name? Patrick Cummins would be headlining cars right now. Be yeah, insane. It, it would have been yeah. That is not an alternate reality. <laughs> Dude, imagine if the, like imagine if they just kept the WEC separate and like featherweight and like bantamweight were still by themselves. And like that, it, that was my oh my god. That was my very first thought when like I saw the the Shorty Torres clip when he was talking oh, about letting let them go. Like the, if the WEC was still a thing, like the U the USC. Uh, oh my god. These all of these fighters would have had a place, and it, it, man. If you guys didn't watch the WC, man, you missed out on a really good era of just really amazing fights. And one twenty five would have been because they didn't have a flyweight. I think their their lowest was bantamweight around that time. Yeah, because because yeah, because DJ was a he was even a bantamweight uh, around that time. But man, the WC would have been perfect for these flyweights, like. I mean, Sean, oh, Sean Shelby God. apparently hates flyweight, so who, who knows what he would have... Because he was the matchmaker there, so who knows, but, like... God damn, like, think, like... From the standpoint of just, like, the UFC's as an entertainment property, imagine if, like, 145 down was still just in the WEC. Like... Like... The, the entertainment value of the UFC without guys like TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt and like Marlon Marais and Jose Aldo and Max Holloway and I, I guess like your Chad Mendes's and who knows what like where Conor McGregor would have ended up. I mean, and, and if we're being honest here, even including lightweight, like. <laughs> If the UFC didn't absorb the WEC, most of you guys' favorite lightweights would not be there. Uh, most likely like, wouldn't be there. Yeah, like, they probably could have signed a bunch of them over, but, like, your Donald Cerrone's and who, who literally just won the fight to have, like, the most wins in UFC history uh, yesterday. Um, Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis... Uh, yeah, no, it's just a whole era of welter uh, lightweight and lightweight contenders just not there anymore. Long live the BC man. But yeah, the, the flyweight man. I just I I hope I hope some of them will be. I'm pretty sure some of them will be able to find homes. But I just I mean, if I if think... one is really getting a tr is trying to get a TV deal by December. You gotta have American fighters. Like, you, you, you're not gonna put on a fight between like a hundred and fifteen pound man from Thailand and a hundred fifteen pound man from the Philippines and expect to draw a TV audience here. Like, you're gonna need a, yeah. a Jose Shorty Torres, a um, and, and uh, Roberto Sanchez or somebody. Like, maybe this is what Combate America needs. Like. Uh, a lot of these dudes are like of Hispanic descent. Like, there are options. It's just like it's, not everybody's going to find a home, and that sucks. 
Yeah, that's gonna be the worst. Like for every for every good story we get, uh, like I'm I'm sure like a guy like Shorty Torres, I'm pretty sure he's gonna find a home somewhere. Um, a dude like well, I, I don't know what they're gonna do with like a Davis and Figueroa. I would assume they would keep him at 135. But word, like, word is but, he's getting a shot at 135. Okay, all right, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, like for every for every story of a guy who finds a home, maybe they end up in one or any other any other of these promotions out there. There'll, there'll be another guy who, like, just falls between the cracks. Like, it's that's just the unfortunate reality. Like, all of most likely all of these guys won't be able to find homes. Or maybe they will eventually, but it just it might take a while. Like, some of these guys might just be in limbo for a while. And then you'll have some guys who might get offered at 135 who probably don't have any business being at 135, but they'll have to be there because they, if they want to stay in the UFC, like, they won't really have any other choice. So just I don't know. It, it it might cause a lot of dysfunction, a lot of displacement, a lot of just a, a lot of people who are just trying to get by, trying to support their family are going to be in some really tough situations. Um, it, it it really sucks, man. It it really sucks. Like I get it. Like flyweight wasn't people's favorite division, but I don't know to throw the whole thing away. It's like it it wasn't that bad. Like. I, they're probably getting rid of featherweight too, because it looks like Cyborg isn't going to be around much longer. Well, that division would make sense because featherweight is like three people. <laughs> well, it, it's like it's her, it's Megan Anderson, it's Kat Zingano now, and I don't know what they do with all the women who come off of Tough Twenty Eight or whatever the season of Tough is being called. Um, like, cause even then, like a lot of them, like Leah Ludson and uh, freaking Mar- uh, Marcia Allen, and like a lot of those women are uh, are just blowing up bantamweights, and some are even blowing up flyweights. So, I, like, I I can see them getting rid of the division, but it's just like, okay, what does Megan Anderson do from here on out? Does she just like go to Bellator? Does the UFC let her go? Do they just hold on to her and let make her fight in Invicta? Like, sucks. But like my point being, you're getting rid of, and there's rumors that they're they might scrap ban, women's bantamweight in the future. Like that's another one. Like who who like I I get it. You you want to cut down on like you want to cut down on roster size and everything, but you get rid of like the smallest divisions and not dealing with the fact that like there are two divisions primarily in this in like in the company that have over a hundred fighters in them. Like in, if you're being realistic, you just can't get all those dudes three fights a year, no matter how hard you try. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. This MMA is going through this weird. It's going to be this like this weird transitional period where there's a lot of. It's like when you work for a company and they merge with another company and just things just randomly start changing. Like, I, I feel like the UFC is in that boat now. Like, there's going to be a wave of change. Things are going to get moved around and shipped around. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens after all the chaos and the, and the dust settles. But, um, yeah, I, I hope all these flyweight guys, man, I hope they all, I, I hope you guys can find homes. Uh, and best of luck to the, the ones who do get to, to go to 135. For everybody else, man, I hope you, hope you guys find another organization that will, you know, keep you around, give, give you some fun fights. You know, so guys can support their families and and all that good stuff. Um, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that. And Marlon Marais should be getting his title shot. I don't want to throw that out there. Oh yeah, I forgot that's where we started. 
Yeah, my Marlon Marais, man, future one thirty five champ. I, I, I'm 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 sticking to that. I mean, he would knock the shit out of Henry Cejudo. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no offense to Cejudo, but I think that's a bad matchup for him. Yeah, he's not ready. He's he's not ready for that. I think he beats TJ, man. I feel really confident in saying that he beats TJ. Mm. I feel really, I feel really confident in that pick. I think, I think it's a hard fight. I think he can catch him though. I think, I think he can clip him. I think he's the best striker in that division. I think he is. Might be my fanhood being biased, but I, th- I think, I think he, I think he can give TJ some problems. All right. But he. He may not ever get a title shot the way this is going, but <laughs> he might never get a chance to prove it. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, oh, you meant Marlon Marish. I thought you were talking about Henry Cejudo. I was really confused for a second. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, no. I, I think I think Marais beats both of them. Yeah. I, I think he starches Cejudo. I think TJ gives him a really tough fight, but I think he I think he'll catch him with something. I think I think he can clip because I, I think with and there's a whole nother side tangent. The reason I, I never felt really comfortable picking Garbrandt over TJ is that, like, as talented as Garbrandt is, like, we saw what he did in the Cruz fight, which was an amazing performance. Like, as good as Garbrandt is, I think when you fight him, you kind of, like, you know what's, you, you don't, you know what you have to look out for. It's, it's hands. It's, it's, it's hands and, you know, he, he, he might, you know, he might work the footwork like he did in the Cruz fight, but you don't really have to worry about takedowns. He's not really throwing leg kicks. If you, if you can get, if you can, and especially if you're talented as TJ, you've got the footwork. You can get out of the way of the hands. You might, you might catch one on the chin, but he, he's, he's, he's pretty tough. He can, he can take it and bounce back as we've seen twice now. <laughs> um, so you kind of know what you're getting into. With Marais, I feel like when he's on, and albeit some of his performances haven't been great, but when he's on, I think he gives you a lot more to think about. There's a lot more to be worried of. And I think he has underrated wrestling also that he doesn't use because he can just knock anybody out. So he doesn't really need to wrestle all as much. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's my, my little side rant prediction. Um, but that's all the news and then the notes uh, for the week. A lot going on in the MMA world. And uh, we will just keep it moving. So, get on to the main uh, event, meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, UFC Fight Night, what was this, 139, went down uh, yesterday in Denver, Colorado at the Pepsi Center. Headlined by Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez. Um, this was supposed to have been headlined by Korean Zombie and Frankie Edgar. Um, but I'm not mad at this replacement fight. I think we are... <laughs> I think this fight turned out much better than what Korean... No no disrespect to Frankie. I think this fight turned out way better than what Korean Zombie and Frankie would have given us. Uh, regardless of who would have won that fight. Um, so yeah, man. We've, we've been talking for like an hour. We haven't even like mentioned this like even off air. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like... So, off the bat... That might be the craziest. That that is the craziest knockout I've ever seen in any combat sport oh, ever. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, that. I, I'll just say KO the year is done. All right, you can't submit an application anymore. There's no. It's over. It's over. Unless you pull off like the sure you can from from Street Fighter, 
it's over for you. There's no more KO of the Year candidates. That that category is closed. The uh, winner ha- uh, the winner has been given his award, and that's it. That's that's it for the year. Um, <laughs> but to get to get into the fight, um, Yair versus Korean Zombie. Um, man, I there were so many emotions I had going through this fight because I'm I'm even after Yair's um you know we we all know how the Frankie fight went man he got me bad um he was out for a while he had the whole situation with the beat he almost got re- or he did he he got released and signed him back what whatever how that whole thing like it it was really bad it wasn't looking too good for Yair um on the other side you got Korean Zombie who you know he had to do his military service in Korea comes back give us a great uh, great performance against Dennis Bermudez then he gets injured he's gone for a while so these two are coming back after just going through the woes of life <laughs> pretty much and I'm if 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 Yair was fighting anybody else I would have rooted for Yair but I love Korean Zombie WEC for life so I was pulling for Zombie um so the end of this fight I was so conflicted <laughs> I was so hurt and amazed at the same time. Um, I think, though, no matter who you were a fan of this fight, I think you saw, well, if you rooted for Zombie up until that last second, you didn't want to see that. But I think if you're a fan of either of them, you, I think you should have pulled really good things from last night. I think if you're a Zombie fan, you, you saw some, some vintage Zombie. You saw a nice... It, it was a very violent fight. Um, not not like super wild, but still like violent. Um, you, you saw Zombie land a lot of good combinations. A lot of him pushing forward, putting on the pressure. Um, you saw just like I said, if you're a Zombie fan, I think you saw everything you wanted to see from him in this fight. And on the other side, I think if you're a Yair fan, you saw some, or at least I saw some improvements. I thought his hands looked a lot slicker than what we've seen previously from him um and a five-round fight considering circumstances this is a five-round fight that he took on was this like two three weeks notice uh something like two or three yeah something like two two three weeks notice at altitude that that's a lot (laughs) that's already a lot so you saw a good cardio He, he didn't look gassed at all he went all five rounds and literally until the last second um hands looked a lot cleaner um, I still think he's a bit hittable, but at there were moments where his defense was was better. Like he he had moments of good head movement of getting out the way. Um, when he would get in those flurries, he would just kind of back out. Um, though sometimes I think he needs to circle out more. Like sometimes he would just back up, back up, and it's like you can still get flurried. You need to, you know, keep keep your head moving because he definitely ate a lot of shots. Um, but not this fight was amazing. Um. Lots of good kicks from from um, Rodriguez, leg kicks, body kicks, uh, all all kinds of kicks he was throwing. Um, like I said, his hands looked he looked a lot more comfortable on the feet. He looked a lot more fluid with his striking. It wasn't just for for even all the the flaws and moments where he did like get clipped or or stung. I think he just looked a lot more comfortable on his feet than we've seen him before uh, in regards, especially to, like, his boxing. He just looked a lot more fluid out there. It was just a, a crazy back and forth, like I said, from Korean zombies in. Um, 
good job of with the jab. Uh, he caught Yair coming over the top a couple of good times. Um, he landed a lot of a good like flush shots in in here. Yair was really tough, man. He ate a lot of good shots. Um, he he kept coming. They both they both ate they both ate shots and received and gave and received and back and forth back and forth. Um, I will note about the elbow. <clears throat> Because I saw some people say that they thought uh, Yair's elbow was, was luck. That elbow was not luck. If you look in round two, he caught, uh, he caught Zombie twice with elbows that were somewhat similar circumstance to that. I think the first one, and they both were where like Zombie would get kind of careless when he was rushing in. And I think the first one he caught Zombie with like a spinning back elbow. The second one, he caught him, I think it was a standing, I think it was just a, a standing elbow. And that was the one where, like, he split his lip open. Either way, I say that to say, Yair was waiting for those moments, those split-second moments where Korean Zombie was just too vulnerable and would leave himself open. So that elbow, I don't, that wasn't luck. He, if you, like I said, in round two, he caught him with, he caught him with elbows twice. He was looking to, he was looking for that moment to, to land that, that, that KO, um, but nah, man, amazing fight, both back and forth, I thought Korean Zombie was, I had him up on my card, I don't remember what I was scoring it, I thought that he was winning, the judges um, thought so too, he was one, yeah, yeah, because, <laughs> like, like I said, it, it was back and forth, but Zombie, I thought landed, uh, stats probably will prove me wrong, I, I think Yair out, Yair did out strike him, but to me, it seemed like, way around, he did. The stats had uh, Zombie landing like two to one at one point. Mm, okay, all right, that's good. Because to, to me, it, it felt like Zombie was just he was landing more efficiently. Um, Yair landed a lot of hard shots, but I thought Korean Zombie had more um, more volume. Um, I think he controlled more of the fight. He was the one who was pushing forward, uh, di- dictating the action more. So I thought he was on his way to. I didn't think it was unanimous because I don't know. I'm not sure what the judges were looking for. I thought it, it might have ended up being another split decision, which we saw a few of those tonight. Um, but my God, it. <laughs> uh, you, 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 God, God, I was so hurt and amazed and hurt at the same time. Like how? Literally, <laughs> like one second. Literally one second left on the clock, man. After this amazing performance back and forth, they get in their last, like, 10-second flurry. Uh, um, Yair, Yair puts his hands in the air. Right. <laughs> as if, I don't know if he was, like, celebrating or just goiting KZ on, but it worked. Yes, it, it worked. Like, they put his hands in the air. They're like, let's go. Let's, let's have this last-minute, you know, warrior moment. Yair gets a nice little combination off that he ends with a kick. And Korean Zombie rushes back with a flurry. Leaves himself open for just a split set. In real time, I had no idea what happened. All I saw was Yair duck his head down. And in a second later, Korean Zombie was motionless on the floor. And then in the replay, <laughs> you see Yair perfectly ducks his head down. Does the reverse upward elbow right into Chan Sung Jung's grill, and he is just out, just completely out. And it was, like I said, KO of the year, no question. Nobody's beating that. You don't even try. You can't. You can't beat that. 
in terms of elbow K, that might be the best elbow KO. Like our, like Anderson Silva's uh, elbow over what was was Tony Fricklin. Um, that that was like one of my favorite KO elbow KOs of all time. I think this eclipses that. This might be the greatest KO ever. If if somebody said so, I wouldn't argue. This this, I was so hurt for Korean Zombie because I was sure he was gonna take this decision. So I, I was really hurt, but at the same time, I was so amazed that <laughs> y'all had like. Like I said, I don't think that elbow wasn't luck. And even if it was luck, who cares? It landed. It did what it was supposed to do. He took a shot in the dark and it worked. So it doesn't matter if it was luck or not. I don't think it was luck, but even if it was, it does not change the result. He pulls off the, the craziest. This would be like ending a basketball game with a full court like shot and you just come back and win. This and is it, like hitting a three-pointer at the buzzer and then like the guy fouls you and that's the point you need to win. Like, the, right. The <laughs> like, oh my god. That this card overall for me wasn't like all that great. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was kind of up and down. But this ending was like my it you can't you can't get a better ending than this. You just you just can't. Like I think the only thing that could have heightened this moment is <laughs> if this was a title fight. But this, this Jesus Christ amazing just one of the best fights of the year go back and watch this it is it is a a pleasure to watch but I've, I've been rambling long I'll let you get your your thoughts off on this uh that was the best knockout I've ever seen like like narratively dramatically technically in, like intu- intuitively, like okay, you're down three one. Like maybe you, maybe you don't know that, but like you 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 feel like you gotta really put your stamp on this, like the end of this round to even have a shot at winning the fight, right? And it, and and you're like goiding the your opponent to like come on and throw, and he starts throwing, and you hear like the ten second uh like countdown start going off, and like so, he throws a punch. You slip. You duck underneath. He's over your back. Like, w- w- like in any other situation, I feel like a normal MMA fighter would like shoot for a double leg, um, or you know, just like just try to like bounce out of the way. Like, what part of your brain goes? I'm gonna throw a backwards up elbow. <laughs> And just kind of hope it lands. Oh, boy. Like, God damn. Like, Dana White fired this man like three months ago. <laughs> Thank God they talked him back in the... Because... <laughs> Manor, you are a saint. Thank you. Because <laughs> we would have been deprived. We would have. Like I'm gutted for like, KZ. Like I'm like like every other MMA fan. I am a big K uh, Korean Zombie fan. But like, god damn. Yeah, that 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 was one of those moments where like even if you're a zombie fan, you can't like. I liken this to in a similar football comparison for the, for those who watch football when when the Patriots pulled that comeback on the Falcons. 
I hate Tom Brady. I, I can't explain to you how much I hate Tom Brady. But the performance was so good that I couldn't even be mad at it. This was one of those moments where, like, I really, 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 really want a Korean zombie to win. But that elbow was so crazy that it was like, I can't. I can't hate on that. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? How can I be mad at that? Like, I saw, I saw a lot of people who were very, very, very upset. Um over the ending of this fight, but, like, I, I can't be, like, that doesn't happen. Mm-mm. Like, it, it, when you think about how long the sport's been around and how many different fighters have, like, come and gone and how many freaking fights there are a year, just in the UFC alone, like, if you watch Bellator and a bunch of regional stuff, like, you're you're watching, like, upwards of, like, a thousand fights a year. It was the last time you saw something like this. <laughs> like, this is literally a movie ending sequence. Like, this don't even happen in movies. Nobody throws back elbows in movies. You, you end them with like a head kick or something flashy like that. But, but like, if this happened in the movie, like everybody would complain. Like, it's too, it's too not even like unrealistic. It's like too Hollywood. Like, what right. do you mean the guy who got fired three months ago comes in on, like, two weeks short notice and, and is fighting, like, a guy who is, in every sense of the word, just, like, a terrible stylistic matchup because of just how much pressure he's willing to put on you, won the fight at the last second by, like, throwing a strike with his... Um, that Where he wasn't even looking at his opponent. He was looking at the ground. <laughs> And, like, that elbow landed pinpoint, too. Like, mm. I have a, he, he has to drill, like, I feel like he's so wild that he drills stuff like that. I, like, yeah, there's, like, no doubt in my mind, like, he does, like, like, back elbows and stuff, but, like, with the guy just on top of him like that? Him and Tony Ferguson do the same anime training, I believe. <laughs> 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 They they both practice for like the impossible scenarios that aren't supposed to happen, but they drill them like it's normal. Did we mention that his foot was broken in the first round? Oh man, yup. Yeah. And he was still throwing kicks. Yeah. A lot of them. Um. Uh, like I, I noticed this early on. He 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 was way less bouncy than we've seen them before. Like he was just—he just seemed kind of content to stand directly in front of Korean Zombie, which is not normally something you want to do unless you're like Jose Aldo. Um. So I was curious about that. Like I didn't realize until like after the fight when he just collapsed on the floor and they had to give him like his little monster can. And he can't stand up. Yeah. That his foot was broken. Um. Yeah, he was still out there throwing it. Can't imagine that feels good. Uh, he he definitely felt that this morning when he woke up. Yeah, but this is, this I, is I the was, best one of his career, by the way. Yeah, no, no, no question, no question. And and it's like, I, I know he probably felt a lot of pain this morning when he woke up, but I think for all the accolades he's about to get and. I, I think I think I saw somebody say he was on ESPN's top ten. He made like number six. What? Uh, what? 
<laughs> I don't know who got who got number one or even five for that matter. But um, <laughs> well, well done, man. Like that, that, that was man. Gorgeous. Just, just, yeah. I no, no other words to describe it. But Jesus Christ, that that was amazing. So. Yeah, if we kept on, I, I could just talk about this fight all day. But go back and watch that fight. It is five rounds of nothing but entertainment, and it ends with the greatest KO I think any of us have ever seen ever in the history of anything. So <laughs> go back. Like it was, and... It's also like the second best fight this year. Like, like yeah, like yeah, I, I saw people was, saying it was better there. than. Um, Yo, uh, Romero Whitaker too. I'm like, sorry, nah. Uh, I, w- I would have this. Th- it's in my top three. I-, I think so far my favorite fight this year definitely Romero Whitaker. Uh, I-, I would put this up there in the in the like a top five range, and then my other one would be uh tension in the uh in the raw time. Ah, right, right. For me, I-, I got those as my top fights. But this might not be fight of the year, but yeah, it's definitely KO of the year. It is without question KO of the year, and I think they both got uh, uh, performance of the night bonuses. I think I think Yair walked away with 100k uh, after this um, for the bonuses. So I mean, he deserves it. He deserves a yeah. million dollars yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, like you you get no complaints from me, sir. Um, but really, just great great performance from both men, considering all they've been through. Just on the way to coming back to even making it to the octagon again. So just really good on them both, man. Like considering all the circumstances surrounding this fight, you know, short notice for IR, this fight could have been really crappy or one-sided, you know, well, we didn't know what we were going to get from IR coming to this. You, you could only hope that he improved, but like it, it was just, it was kind of a gray area. You just, you didn't know with how the Frankie fight went and, everything that went down with him being released and then coming back like it was a lot a lot circling on around this fight but um yeah amazing fight one of the best fights this year and ko of the year ko of the century <laughs> go back and watch this fight amazing amazing finish from yaya rodriguez and we will see what they do with him next uh i know Zabit had some words for him on twitter we'll, we'll see if that happens um but uh, I hope, hope Korean Zombie comes back, man. That was, that was a brutal way to go out. But I'm I'm always down, anxious for a Korean Zombie fight. So if they bring him back, I'm, I'm front and center. I'm all for it. Whew. That was just the main event. Moving on. Yeah. Co-main event. Donald Cerrone and Mike Perry. Um, Fuck Mike Perry. <laughs> we, we got Jim Beef. Well, according to Donna Cerrone, he don't have beef, but I'm petty on this podcast, so we're, we're saying it's beef. Um, all that aside, I didn't realize coming into this fight that Mike Perry was such like a heavy favorite. Which is weird. And, yeah, I didn't. Like I didn't the only it. reason I can well, see for that is Mike Perry hits hella hard, and Donald Cerrone probably can't take a punch like he used to. But like, I'd still pick Donald Cerrone to beat like Paul Felder if they fought at 170. So, yeah, and, yeah, and Paul um, Felder was like half a round away from beating Mike Perry. 
Yeah, and like I, I like I said I, I get it. Like Perry does hit hard, but like if we realistically look at this fight, take your hype and your biases and and put them to the side. I get it. Like Cerrone's not he's not the same guy anymore. He's just isn't this isn't prime Cerrone. I think he's he's in the midst of the downslide. You know, hit, hitting the tail end of his career. But even on his tail end, he's still better than a lot of guys out there. Like, don't get it twisted. And the, the, what had me kind of cr- befuddled <laughs> as to why Prey was such a favorite, I was like, you, you guys do know that Cerrone is way more well-rounded than Perry. Like, he has way more tools in the toolbox than Perry does. So, yeah, I, I was confused as to why he was such a heavy favorite. Um... So I wasn't really surprised that this fight went the way it did. Um, the only thing that had me worried that made me think that Prey might be able to pull this off um, was because at the beginning of the fight, or pretty well, it only went one round. So, um, But in the beginnings of the fight, Cerrone wasn't able to get takedowns when he would shoot for him. So my thought was, well, maybe Cerrone won't be able to get a takedown eventually this might turn into a firefight and Perry just might be able to take advantage because he hit so hard. But I, I think Perry, <laughs> I think Perry kind of screwed himself over. Like Cerrone couldn't get the takedowns. Um, I, don't, I don't remember anybody landing anything crazy significant on the feet, but I was just thinking like, well, Perry, if you can keep this on the feet, pick your shots, maybe you look, catch him with a flush one and you just rush in and get a finish, you know, he might be able to win. But I think Perry really screwed himself over by going for that takedown. Um, because for anybody who, if you follow Cerrone's career, I know we all, you know, we laud him for his striking, which is, you know, really good when he's when he's on. He has a really, really, really slick ground game. He just doesn't use it all the time because he tends to just get in brawls and firefights, which is, you know, it's kind of just what he does. When Perry took him down, <laughs> I was like, Perry, if you don't, if you don't mount or or do something with this, this might not this might not go well for you. And on cue, Cerrone pulls a really slick reversal, ends up on top. Uh, I think he took his back for a second. Uh, I think Perry like shrugged him off. Perry spent way too much time playing in Cerrone's guard, which is really really good. People just don't see it a lot because he doesn't use it all that often. But when he does, it's really good. He plays around in Cerrone's guard for way too long, gets caught in an armbar. Cerrone moves on to be, uh, what is it, most finishes all-time and most wins all-time in the UFC. In his hometown, in his backyard, brings his little baby in there. The baby's got the monster can. It's a good time. (laughs) Donald just, he wins in every way possible. Like, that's got to be just the perfect, you could almost just retire after that fight, man. Like. I mean, I know he won't, but that's one of those perfect sail off into the sunset moments. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't get much better than that. Jackson's is going to shit. <laughs> so Ray Borg was supposed to fight on this card against Joseph Benavides, um, and he was forced out with medical issues. You know. Uh, God bless Ray Borg because I know what type of shitty ass year he's been having. Between you know his his son who's had like four different brain operations done and um, his newborn son, and uh, 
Conor McGregor almost ending his fight career by throwing a dolly through a window and putting glass in his eye. Um, so, you know, really shitty year. Um, but Mike Perry had to come out and make it about... I, I, I don't know if it's about himself or about drama or whatever, but he claimed that Ray Borg came out and uh, got the fight. The fight was canceled because Ray Borg was having issues with something he posted online about somebody at the gym. The, who, they both trained at Jackson's. Um, so... In typical Mike Perry fashion, he calls him, I, I, what was that, a pussy or a coward or something like that? Yeah, basically said he was scared. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. And so to see Perry get his arm snapped after, you know, just dogpiling on a man whose life is just not been life has not been good to Ray Borg this year. So just just seeing Mike Perry try to dogpile on that and then getting his arm snapped did wonders for my um my mood after a shitty week. So props to Donald Sorody for proving that Mike Perry is probably just what he is at this point. Yeah. I I think that's <laughs> I think if you're a Mike Perry fan, I, I think this is the uh, kind of the, the the reality check moment where, like, Perry can be a fun fighter. He can be exciting. He can give you some highlights. But I think I think we've seen enough of him at this point that he kind of, I don't know, unless he goes to, like, another gym and just revamps himself, I think he just kind of is what he is, like. And I mean, he's he's made improvements. Like he he isn't like as reckless. It, well, he kind of is, <laughs> just in, in other ways. Like I feel like when he first started, he was like, "I'm just gonna come out and throw 80 bombs until you die." Then he he became a bit more subdued. Even in this fight, he was pretty patient on the, but he was reckless in Cerrone's guard. Like just kind of had no regard for what was going on. So it's just, yeah. Perry just kind of, he just kind of is what he is. He's a guy that can hit hard, he's athletic, he's explosive, but it's not going to always translate the wins. Like, especially in that division where, like, there are a lot of guys who can hit hard and they're more well-rounded than he is. So, it's just, yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm going to come back to this because... It's still it's hilarious, but like, so um, I was listening a little bit to the beat down after the bell that uh, the the um, TJ DeSantis, uh, Jordan Breen, and uh, Josh Gross do over on their Patreon slash Mixler or whatever, and Jordan Breen brought up an interesting point that the guy who is training uh, Mike Perry at Jackson Wink is not Winkledon, it's not Greg Jackson who. I bo- who is basically just completely hands off nowadays, um, and it's not Brandon Gibson. It's Frank Lester. Uh, Mike, do you know who Frank Lester is? Sounds familiar. Uh, he's an um. Let's see. He is a former. He's, he, well, he was a former fighter. Um. Who fought in the UFC like ten years ago? 
fought once, got choked out and under a round, and then bounced. Got bounced. Um, he's been, uh, like, just completely like regional fighter. But point being, like Mike Perry is being trained by like the third or fourth best striking coach at Jackson Winkle. So I'm assuming uh, uh, Frank, not Frank, a uh, Wink, and Gibson were just like, I don't want to deal with this dude. Frank, you have to. Frank, so you're <laughs> going to be the guy who's going to train him from now on. Yeah. It's not looking good, man. It's not uh... a... <laughs> It is not looking good. Yeah. Um, Guess they're yeah, a puppy mill for is, real, bro. Yeah. It is. Hey, man. Some some people thought Cerrone's criticisms were harsh, but well, might be some validity <laughs> to, to, to what's going on over there. Not looking too good. Not not looking too good. But hey, man, Cerrone went out there, man. He he did his thing. Uh. I don't know about him going back to lightweight. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But. Joey threw it out there that he wants uh, that uh, we we could get Donald Cerrone, Jose Aldo, 155. Uh, I feel like you know what? I'm, let me not even lie and say I wouldn't watch that fight. I, f- I feel like a few years ago that would have been really really awesome. It would be fun now. I guess I'm not mad. I don't know. I just hope he can still make the weight. Because I know that's a pretty pretty tough weight cut. But, I mean, I, I guess if he, if he does go back to 55, I don't know about him fighting Habib. I know that was supposed to have been a thing a while ago. Um, but, I mean, if he, if he I guess if he can go back to 55 and he can make the weight, uh, there are definitely plenty of fun fights for him down there. I just don't know at his age and his, you know, I feel, I feel like he's, he's kind of worn. I don't know how well he does, but. Hey, I don't know. If, if we get Cerrone Aldo, Cerrone Gaethje, uh, I'm not going to say no. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, as for Mr. Platinum, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, buddy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with you. Um, Form, former Jackson fighters, by the way, uh, Yair Rodriguez, who trained with... Uh, Cowboys camp uh, for like the last couple weeks of this card for uh, before this card. Yep. So. Yep. Friendship, yeah, you're already guys and friendship, Don Cerrone. Hands yep. up. <laughs> so uh, that was the co-main event, and like we said, Don Cerrone is now the all-time leader and wins in the UFC and in finishes. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he's up there. So, and he'll probably fight again. He'll probably get another chance to even further the record. Um. Moving on, next fight, which ended up being a catchweight, because uh, I think Raquel Pennington came in overweight by a couple yep. pounds. Uh, <laughs> the return of one Jermaine Durandamy and Raquel Pennington. Um, all right, so I had to rewatch this fight this morning because in real time I was really tired when off, and when I woke up I just saw uh, Durandamy kneeing Raquel in the clinch really hard. Um, so I only got a chance to really watch this fight like one time as a whole. Um, not 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 the craziest fight really. 
Um, I, I feel like when Ra- Raquel fights, there's, I don't know. Like, sometimes I don't know what, like, her game plan is. Like, it, it seemed like in this fight, she was trying to get close. She was trying to... She was, good for, she, I I think she was just, going for, like, clinch body lock takedowns, and... Yeah, and they weren't, they, they well, wouldn't happen. <laughs> Dur- Jermaine Duran is, like, twice her size. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I, I know people make fun of Duran to me, she ducks Cyborg, all that crazy stuff. All, all that aside, which may be true, well, she ducks Cyborg, that's true. <laughs> but, all, all of that aside, uh... She's a very she's she's very large at at for bantamweight. She's 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 very st- um she's stupid strong. She hits really hard. She doesn't always she's not like the most consistent fighter, but she's still like really talented when she's actually on. Um and it seemed like when Raquel couldn't get a body lock takedown, uh couldn't really get much off on the feet. There wasn't really an extra I don't know. I, I think after <laughs> after she realized she couldn't get any takedowns, it was just kind of like, oh, um, I guess I'm just going to keep trying this thing and hope it works because there was no other recourse. Uh, she couldn't really hang on the feet. She ate a lot of hard shots. Um, but I'll say on Durandami's end, too, also, even though this fight was, I, I'm pretty sure it was unanimous, 30-27 across the board. Maybe I'm just being, I don't know if I'm being too harsh on Durandami or not giving Raquel enough credit, but I, I almost feel like Durandami should have dominated this fight a lot more than she did. Like, as one-sided as it was, I feel like it wasn't like a super, super impressive win. Like, she definitely won pretty easily, but it wasn't like, I don't know. No, I, no I you're right, like. There, there wasn't like any spice. <laughs> like, she was like, her. Yeah, it was kind of like your little brother's trying to fight you, and you just kind of subdue him. But she, <laughs> you give him a couple of hard licks, but you don't, you don't really beat on him too much. It, it felt like one of those. Like I felt like she could have done a lot more because she, her clinch knees are, are really hard, and like she's a really good striker. Like she has really good, you know, striking credentials. She, she's. She's really talented, but it just, it seemed like she kind of just dialed it in on this one. Like, I, I know I'm going to win this. She has nothing for me. So I'm just going to kind of, I'll do enough to win and just kind of coast this one out. Yeah. Like, for being real, like, Deron to me hits hard enough and is a, a, good, uh, a good enough fighter that she could have just, um, she could have knocked Pennington out because Pennington at range had nothing for her. Um, hell, even the clinch, like, when Durante would turn her and, like, use her head to leverage for space and she was throwing those knees, like, they looked like they were going to, like, just, just completely wreck her and she just didn't do that enough, um, to, to get the stoppage anyway. She did way more than enough to get the win. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what this does. Like, like I said, like, 135's future's up in the air. Durante already has a loss to... Amanda Nunes. It looks like 145 is about to go away permanently. Um, Deronomy's like how old? Yeah, she's only 34. Never mind. I thought she was like 38 for some reason. Um, like for Pennington, like the, this is basically the end of her being a top fighter at Bantamweight, I guess. 
Like, because, like, but, like, what does that even mean anymore? You know what I mean? No. Half the time in this division just left. Um, I don't, like, it maybe. Like, I don't even know who the hell you match her up with. Like, do you do an Aspen Lad? Do you, do you risk Aspen Lad coming in overweight? Uh, ugh, I hate to say it. I don't mean this in, like, a disrespectful <laughs> kind of way. I almost feel like Raquel at this point might be that person. Like, when we have a prospect, we'll throw her at Raquel. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if the prospect can get past Raquel, then that means they can go places. And if not, it just means they're not ready yet. Like, I ran out of Um... Maybe a comeback fight for Juliana Pena, if if and when she ever comes back. Um, yeah, no, it's like this divi- this division's like sixteen people long. Like everybody's in the top ten. Like maybe a fight, maybe Ketlin Vera, I, like, but she's hurt, so who knows? Like uh, this division gives me a headache. The UFC doesn't want to sign anybody. Probably because they know a bunch of the girls off tough are going to drop down. Um, and maybe that'll add some life into this division. But, like, they, yeah, like, they need don't... bodies. Like, that's 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 what it comes down to at the end of the day. The UFC needs bodies at women's bantamweight, and they just refuse to sign anybody who's out there. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, I, I, I want to be the optimist and say, like, I don't want to see this division go away. It just kind of needs, like you said, it just it needs some new life. It needs... It needs a few more people for us to, you know, this this division needs a Tatiana Suarez. Like, I, I need somebody that I can get excited about, who I haven't seen fight. That would be that would already. that would be Luz Vasquez, but I don't know what the hell's going on with her career. Like, she she's not fighting. Uh, she's the Argentinian wrestler, uh, Olympic wrestler, who for whatever reason, is not fighting. She's, like, I'm assuming just she just can't get opponents. Um, and the UFC just signed eight of them. Or is currently holding up eight of them because of tough. And there's only, like, so many of these women bantamweight featherweights in the world anyway, so... Probably impossible for her to get a fight. Slim, slim pickings. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Like I said, not 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 the most impressive fight, but a, a solid performance. She she did enough to get the win, and it was pretty one sided, pretty convincingly. Uh, you know, no, nobody's gonna argue really otherwise. So, uh, Jermaine Deronami, unanimous decision over Neil Pennington. Um, next fight, moving on down the card, Benil Dariush and Tiago Moise. Um, man, poor poor Tiago. Um, <laughs> he, he, he he was trying, man. He kept dropping down for that guillotine that just never happened. Um, he he tried to get off his strikes when he could, but the Darius just kind of put a grappling clinic on him, pretty much, and just uh, he just kind of shut him down. Like <laughs> that was pretty much the story of the fight. Like Tiago just couldn't. He couldn't. He never was really allowed to have a, a moment. Like I said, he he would try those guillotines. They wouldn't work. And then he would just have to survive these grappling exchanges, which he just never got the better of, really. And Darius just kind of, you know, I, th- I think they said it during the uh, broadcast. There's, there's levels to this. And 
there he used to just he was he was kind of on another level so just, just a dominant grappling performance from from Darius. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the, the we, we I want to say we learned, we know, or something pretentious like that. But like that that style of grappling is just so hard to make work at the highest levels. Like for those of the Moises, uh, Diego Moises, uh God Moises, um, is the dude who uh, hit the helicopter armbar. In what was it, RFA? Yep. Yeah, so like he, he he's a very guard adept submission artist. Um, obviously he, you know, he's a, he, he's very well rounded on the ground, but like from what I've seen, he prefers to go for like um, stuff off his back. Like he's got a few arm bars, a couple R like uh, like some triangle arm bars and stuff like that on his resume and. Um, they, it's just, you can be too careful, um, too, not careful, what's the word? You, you can be too confident when it comes to jujitsu. like, okay, I'll, I'll get taken down, but, you know, whatever, I'm amazing off my back, and he's just way too comfortable fighting on his back, and that works early in fights, but, like, if you're in the 8th, ninth. 13th minute of a fight and you're still trying to like grapple you're going to be the one who's tired and at that point you're just losing rounds like one-sidedly on the judges scorecards which is what we saw he lost like 30 25 yep so yep um yeah not not really much else to uh dissect in that fight just dominant win for for Darius. um moving going down and speaking of, I think Macy Barber was an LFA. I feel like that's where I first yeah. started. I might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speak, speaking of LFA talent, it was a lot of actually LFA uh, fighters who were on I mean, the Yeah, a lot of them come from, um, like, the LFA circuit goes to Dem- uh, Colorado a lot. So, because of RFA and. <sighs> yeah. So, like, you, you get a lot of those dudes who are, and gals who train from in the area. They, they were all over they were all over here um and then Macy Barber uh, versus Hannah Cyphers uh Hannah Hannah's pretty tough <laughs> she, she 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 was surviving man but M- Macy Macy showed up um I think she's 20 years old um pre- pretty pretty good pretty decent striking um lots of kicks she throws really hard I like that she just kind of like went for it like she wasn't fighting to just she wasn't fighting to win, or I felt like she was fighting to finish. Like she wanted, she wanted to get a finish this fight. She was being really aggressive. Um, like I said, pretty good striking. Um, they had a few clinch battles here and there. Um, she caught uh, Hannah with a lot of elbows, <laughs> a lot of very violent elbows. Um, like I said, man, yeah, like Han- Hannah was surviving. She was throwing back. Um, but I, I just felt like Macy just kind of eventually just kind of overwhelmed her. Um, I can't remember the sequence of how they got to the ground at the end. But I just remember when Macy was on top throwing ground and pound. Like, she, she is trying to end this fight. She's not fighting to just coast to a decision. She is trying to, to take a soul with her. 
and she landed some punches and just elbows all on Cypher. Her face was all messed up. <laughs> the ref gave her a chance. You know, she she was trying to move and fight back, but you just kind of got the sense that she was being just Macy was just overwhelming her, and it it kind of seemed like it just. It, 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 it wasn't about to turn around anytime soon. And she just ate a lot of ground and pound, and eventually the ref steps in. Uh, Macy proceeds to uh, call out... <laughs> um, uh, what's the... What's the, the uh, Mackenzie yeah. Dern. Um, why does Macy talk so loud? <laughs> I thought it was just me, but I saw that on my... I mean... You're up in the you're in Colorado. You're up in the mountains. You gotta talk loud. They to hear over the wind. Yeah, she was. She was. It, it, there were moments in the post fight. It felt like she was screaming. <laughs> it's like I I hear you. You want to fight Mackenzie there? And I get it. I mean, I she it. she's twenty. She she just won her first fight in the UFC. Let her be, bro. Yeah. Let her be. I'm 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 hating. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, no, like, you guys have got, like, a nice, violent crop of, like, young or new, like, strawweight fighters, and Macy Barber fits that bill. Um, she, she uh, before this, she was, like, 5-0 and with four stoppage wins on her resume, and, like, you know, she has a stoppage win over a uh, former King of the Cage champion, uh, Jamie Colleen. She has a stoppage win over, like, Mallory Martin. Like, those are two really good names to have early, uh, not a stoppage win, I should say. Uh, she beat her by decision. But like those are two good names to have on your resume early. Um, like, like this fight called my like uh, Hannah Cyphers um, is a really hard puncher. Like she is probably an atom weight at only five one, but like she is bricked up and she hits really freaking hard. Uh, you can go watch her like knock out like Celine Haga and like Kelly Robbins. Um, like if she gets on top of you, she starts throwing punches. She, uh, she's probably gonna stop the fight. She hits really, really hard. So, I, I was a little worried because Barbara likes to keep her chin up in the air. I get, like, I think she's a former like karate stylist. I wanna say, like, she comes from like a karate background or something. Um, like you get a lot of like chin up in the air. I'm throwing the right hand straight down the middle or something. Um. So like her, she has problems with head movement on her punches and in between her punches, but in the clinch, and especially on top on the ground, she is an absolute like just straight up savage. The the elbows in the clinch standing like goddamn. Cypress is tough as crap because like th- some of those should have stopped her like cold. Yeah. So. She should have. She should have. Realistically, <laughs> I think a lot of other people would have got sent to the afterlife pretty early in that fight. She 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 gutted it out. Yeah. For, for, so. for as long as she could. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. No. Just. Uh. Really great performance. Great debut. Another really fun name to add to the pile at women's strawweight. Um. I don't think they'll give her Mackenzie Dern next because. Uh, uh, they think, think Mackenzie's on the UFC protection program. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not sure Barber is. Like, I, I, that's a 50 50 fight, if we're being real. Especially if Dern just comes in overweight. 
Like, I was thinking more of a standpoint of like you got two really young, really violent, potentially really marketable fighters. Like why throw them at each other when it's not for anything of consequence? Yeah, yeah, not this early. Yeah. They'll so, they'll definitely probably meet down the road, but all right, yeah. yeah. Keep 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 them separate for a little bit. Let them let them build their their stock up a little bit more, and then then, then they can have at it. Let let the beef fester a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. But um, maybe nah, man, yeah. maybe okay. wait until Dern actually makes one fifteen. Yeah, that too. That that too. <laughs> but um, yeah, like like you said, strawweight is a pretty fun division, man. A lot of a lot of good fighters at strawweight. Um, literally, like a lot, a lot of the the best, you know, women fighters are at strawweight. You know, but bantam rate. Kinda of had its run and it kind of kind of came and went, kind of kind of fizzled out. But uh, yeah, take care of those bigger weight divisions, bro. Yeah. You see but what I happens? Know. They end up like two hundred five. <laughs> Hopefully, straw weight, but it seems like it's in good hands. You know, there's a lot of a lot of good happenings going on down there. So, um, glad glad Macy's a, a new addition. She, like I said, look like she's. She's gonna be around for a while. At only 20 years old, she can only get better. Um, so that 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 means more elbows for more of you. Which, you know, good luck, good good luck. But uh, you know, props to both fighters though. Hannah Cypher's super tough for 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 gutting that out as long as she could. But great performance from from Macy Barber. So uh, definitely shout outs to her. And rounding out, excuse me, the main card. Uh, Mike Trezano and Luis Pena, aka Violent Bob Ross. Um, what, what do I see about this fight? Um, I mean, it was way better than any of the fights that were in the tough tw- uh, twenty-seven finale, which is the one that, that which is the one that Trezano won. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch tough, so I I can't <laughs> I can't comment on uh. Um, it was the one uh, that the John Gunter dude. He won the worst fight in the history of the like lightweight division. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to him later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't have to stay on him for very long. So. Not at all. But this, this was a pretty <laughs> good fight. Like, um, Trezano showed why he he has potential. Um, like. I don't know, maybe it's just my Tiger Showman, like, bias, but, like, I always tend to nitpick the stuff these guys do wrong. So, like, Trezano is, like, a guy who only throws, like, two punches at a time. He he is not a very... He he'll, he let Pena to dictate where the fight was taking place, so if Pena wanted to push Trezano into the fence, he did. Um, If you wanted it to become a grappling match, it became a grappling match, even though, like, Trezano was able to hold his own. Like, it, it, it was pretty clear that he was winning on the feet. So, once he got away from that, that's when Pena really fought his way into the fight. Yeah, I was going to say, it almost felt like at points, <laughs> Trezano almost, like, conceded. Like, he just, Pena could do what he want, but he just, he, he didn't win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, he, but he dictated everything that happened, but he couldn't get the better uh, of the situation. Exactly. Um, because if, if Pena had been able to put it more together on the feet instead of doing his shake-your-head defense when he got caught with a 1-2, um, 
could have won this fight. I mean, it, it was a close fight. He lost. Pena lost a split decision. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just came to down down to it. He wasn't able to. The the striking matchup probably was not as close as he'd have hoped it it would have went. Didn't go as well for him as I, I think he would have envisioned. Um, he tried a couple of flashy moves, didn't really really work. Um, yeah, like I said, he, he ate a lot of shots and just he tried to shake them off, but it's like he, he still got punched. So <laughs> that that still happened. Um, All you're doing is telling the judges that you got punched hard. Yeah, yeah, that, that pretty much. And like I said, he, he did take him down. It, it seemed like he had an advantage, but Trezano was able to hold his own. Um, close fight, but I'm not going to argue the decision. Um, you know. Yeah. No, I don't know there are a lot of violent Bob Ross fans. Um, but, I mean, it, it's only his first because he was 8-0, I think. Something like that. They, they both won defeated either way. Um, he was 5-0. No, 5-0. Yeah, like, he got into the UFC. That was only, like, his fourth, fifth fight. So, you know, not counting all the stuff from Tough. Yeah, so, I mean, first loss, you know, he, he lost a close one, but it's, it's not like it spells the end, you know. that this, I, th- I think this is kind of one of those fights you just reality check. You got you got to go back to the drawing board, you know. Kind of, kind of realize you, you definitely got to, you know, certain areas of your game you just may need to step up. Exactly. Um, you got to know where your weaknesses are. Yeah. You, you come back, you do better next time. So, I'm pretty sure Violent Bob Ross will be back. Uh, as for Shazam, you know, good good win. He keeps his undefeated streak going. Um, but as to all of the new people at Lightweight, I, I just say good luck. Because um, <laughs> it, it don't get no easier. It, it never gets easier. So... I hope he is improving, uh, you know, definitely work on your game, man, because lightweight is killers in, in every direction, everywhere you turn. When you when you get that call, it's, there are no gimme fights coming your way. So, but props to Trezano, pretty, pretty solid performance. Uh, so that rounds out the main card. Uh, moving on to the Fox Sports prelims, um, Ashley Yoder and Amanda Cooper. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't remember a ton of this fight. Um, good, good. I don't remember <laughs> any of it. I know it, it was a split decision. Um, the fuck. <laughs> the decision went to Yoder. From what I remember, I think I gave it to Cooper. Cause I, I felt like she kind of. I don't remember much of what like Yoder did. I remember Cooper, like, nobody did anything super crazy, but I remember feeling like Cooper landed more, she engaged more, um, she initiated a lot of the takedowns, I don't know, I, I felt like Cooper just did more in this fight, but... I'm gonna just have to take your word for it, because I really don't remember <laughs> like, like, I don't remember a punch being thrown, like, I like, I've watched it, and I don't remember any of it, like, yeah. it's so it, it well, it wasn't like a, a, a it, it was a decent fight. Like I, I can't say it was a bad fight. It was a decent fight, but not anything like super really crazy happened. So it was kind of I don't know. It was kind of just like a passing moment, uh, I guess. But yeah, I, I remember thinking Cooper got. I remember thinking Cooper should have got the nod. But um, to be honest, I wasn't like super invested in this fight, so I wasn't gonna argue about it. So Ashley Yoder got a split decision over Amanda Cooper. Like I said, decent fight, but I just I don't honestly remember the finer details, so uh, I can't give much uh, more of a breakdown than that. I, but, I will say though, uh, like 
uh, a, uh, Cooper. Like she, she's had one hell of a run in the UFC in terms of just opponents, or just even her career. Like her second fight in Invicta against Aspen Ladd. Then she came to the UFC through the Tough House loss, got put in the finals anyway. Uh, fought Tatia Suarez. Then she got, like, a little bit of a layup with Anna Elmos, but she was coming down from, like, Bantamweight, so... Then she fights Cynthia Calvillo. Then she gets a little bit more of a layup against Angela Magana. But then she has to fight Mackenzie Dern. So, in, in reality, this should have been, like, a... This should have been a wonderful fight for her. In terms of just, like, this is a de-escalation of what she's gotten so far in her career, but... Just didn't work out that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, found herself on the, the the short end of the stick, unfortunately. But right. Um, not not like she had a bad performance, but you know, it's kind of one of those fights where just you you don't know what the judges are looking at. Like the scores were kind of wild: twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty seven, thirty, twenty nine, Who knows what the judges were looking at? I don't know. But after Yoda got the the decision, nonetheless. Um, Moving on to the next hold fight. Up, hold up, hold uh, up. So I, I'm going to need to pause right here for like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. My mom's home with groceries. All right. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to go help her real quick and then I'll be right back. All right. I'm going to carry along and just ramble. <laughs> or I'll do some fancy edit and we'll just come back. Right. So I'm sorry, really sorry about this, but we're good. The Dodo Talk podcast is going to go pay some bills. We don't really have any bills. We don't have sponsors. Um, if you would like to sponsor the Dojo Talk podcast, there you go. Now's your time. Now's your time. Yeah, it's mad space. All right, I'll be right uh, back. All right. Just a quick reminder for you guys: you can support us on Spotify. We are now on Spotify. Please give us a follow, spread the podcast, share with a friend, and also you can buy my book, The All Bar Chronicles, for ninety nine cents at the Amazon store by the time you hear this uh, the book will be released already it is out on November 12th there will be a link in the description below um, if you're a reader if you want uh, something to help you pass the time read a little coming of age comedy drama something witty uh, with, with my little twisted humor give that a look give it a read would definitely appreciate it um, this is our first Dodo Talk podcast commercial and now a word from Jeff Munson. Jeff Munson here. You like watching people get fucked for free? Watch me fuck up Mark Kerr for free on DonKingTV.com live Saturday, September 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. DonKingTV.com. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to fuck him up. I'm going to put these hands right around his face and beat his ass. You watch this live for free. DonKingTV.com. All right, Dojo Talk Podcast is back. We paid some bills, or I did a funky edit. One of those two happened, and you just that, heard it. <laughs> that, that Dojo Talk to, uh, Podcast break was brought to you by Cam Soda. <laughs> there we go. When you don't know if you're horny or you want to watch someone get punched in the face, that's what we're here for. There you go. Do both. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the next fight. Uh, Bobby Moffitt. 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 Versus, uh, Chas Kelly. Um, God, alright, gotta, gotta struggle to remember 
the details. <laughs> um, Jazz Kelly basically out-wrestled Mr. Uh, Moffat, not the one who wrote um, Doctor Who, the other one. Uh, oh, it was Steven, that's right. Okay, so uh, Jazz Kelly out-wrestled Moffat uh, in the first round, guys back. Kind of stood, like, basically, he won the first round, like 10-9, came out in the second. Uh, we went back to the ground, and in typical Chaskelly fashion, got into a scramble in which he probably didn't need to get into, and proceeded to get Darce choked, <laughs> which would be the which is the third Darce choke in a row that Bobby Moffat has gotten. Uh, all right, so. For those who don't oh. know, and we're oh, gonna, fifth of his really career good. too. God damn! Oh, so this is like his yeah. Thing. This is his OSP von Flute joke. Yeah. All right. So for, for those who don't know, and to be honest, everything else that happened before the submission doesn't really. I don't say it don't matter, it don't, but it, 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 it do not matter. The, the controversy was the very end. So as 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 Bobby is uh, putting Chas in the in, in the, the Dars, um, Chas is trying to roll and circle around so that he can get out of it. For a couple of seconds, they stop. Bobby has the choke sunk in. And there's like this weird moment where the rough is standing over them. It, it kind of looked like Chas is still there. Maybe for like a brief second, he like just stopped moving. And then the ref stopped it because he thought he was out. So there's this whole argument about whether he was out or not. They do instant replay, and then at that moment, it made me realize that I don't know what MMA uses instant replay for because no, nothing really changed. <laughs> I don't like it. Just seemed like we did instant replay so the ref could feel good about himself about the decision that he made. Um, cause no, nothing got changed to a no contest or anything. Like the the win still went to Bobby. Um, I don't know. I, w- I was kind of torn on the stoppage. For There was a brief moment where I did think he was out, and it was a very quick, like, brief second. But also at the end, like, Chas Kelly perfectly articulated what happened the entire time. So I was like, well, maybe he wasn't out. <laughs> like, there's no doubt in my mind he wasn't out. But I'm not mad at the ref for stopping the fight because, you know, he holds on for five seconds too long. And he he gets assaulted on Twitter about like yeah, how he should have like his rest, his refereeing license stripped or whatever. Yeah. Like I mean that's just, that's just going to be always going to be one of those weird gray areas where like you have to show that you're still fighting out or you're still awake. And I mean like maybe uh, like maybe um, Skelly breaks out. Maybe he does. Like if if he's allowed to continue. Like, but at the same time, like, you, it has to look like you're breaking out. And, like, I get it was, like, a split-second thing because he went from moving to not moving. But, like, I, I, I can't fault the ref for jumping a little early. It's, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate situations that just every now and again, like, one of these moments, unfortunately, is just it's going to happen. Like, you get one of those split-second moments where you're the ref and you have to make a decision, and it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. Um, 
I mean, and 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 in Skelly's defense, like what he said made sense. Like he's like he stopped moving. Bobby was gonna have to like basically curl his leg over his to get the choke tighter, and there was no way he was gonna do that. So he was kind of just like, I guess, relaxing for a second. I guess because he had been like circling the entire time, so like his explanation made sense. But I don't know. I I guess it could have went a bit longer. Um, and like I said, maybe he would have gotten out. Outcome could of the fight could have been different. But I don't know, man. It it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna call for the ref job after after this. He he made a split decision. Um, I, I didn't really like the instant replay though. Because it was like, we did all this instant replay and all this explanation. And it's like, is this going to go to a no contest? Or are you guys just going to keep the same result that you already came to? And it, I don't know. I feel like we didn't even really need the instant I'm, replay. Like, it was just. I, it's one of those things where, like, you're glad it's there. Because if, like, you get a situation like, um, God, who was the dude? It was, um, Drew Dober. Was it Drew Dober? I think it's somebody else. The, the Brazilian who got a submission from like half guard while he didn't have anything locked in. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. It's lost to the annals of obscure MMA history for people who watch every single UFC in Brazil right. card. <laughs> didn't like Ricky Simon have one of those? I forgot what his... Yeah, like controversy. His wasn't submission, though. Was it? Oh, was it the one where uh, what's his face? Was it Ricky? Was it Ricky Simon? Are you thinking Ricky Simon? Are you thinking the dude who choked out um, the the man? Uh, Darius really? That wasn't the same fight. Uh, it, it was the Darius really fight. Yeah, the Volus oh. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like those those moments just kind of. I don't know. It's one of those weird MMA things. Like it just it just happens, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, props to Skelly. He was classy in defeat. Um, I wonder if he's like gonna appeal this at all. I, I didn't see anywhere that he would. Um, I mean, I, but I, I I wonder if he would. I mean, I can't blame him. That's his livelihood. But yeah, yeah. like this is one of those appeals that if he did some, because some some appeals I've seen fighters do. I'm like, bro, that stop. <laughs> you lost. But this one, if he if he does decide to appeal this, I wouldn't be mad at all. I, I think he would have a valid case. It was it was just one of those weird situations. The ref made a split second decision, and it, you know, it it kind of is what it is. It, it it sucks for Skelly, but um, ugh. I, I don't really know what else to say. Just it's it's one of those situations. But you know, prop, props to to, to Bobby uh, Moffat. <laughs> Moffat, obviously his last name. Moffay. Um, yeah, Moffay. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he did what he had to do. It's, it's not his job. He's not a ref. You know, you, you fight until they say stop, and he he gets his thirtieth Darsh joke <laughs> in his career. Um, but yeah, so that was that fight. Uh, moving on, uh, this next fight did not last long at all. Davi Hamos, John Gunther. Um, earlier I mentioned the phrase uh, "There's levels to this." This was definitely one of those moments <laughs> where there was levels to this. That, who who made this matchup? Why? why? <laughs> My assumption is they had a fight lined up for um for Hamos, and the other guy just didn't make and, it. And, out. and before he even got like finalized, like 
Yeah, the other guy pulled out, and they were like, oh shit. What are we going to do? And then they just got freaking uh, Gunther, who was who won the worst lightweight fight in the history of the UFC, so. <laughs> it was... Whew. It was a... Uh, yeah, this fight wasn't maybe, good. Maybe this is uh, a contract uh, thing where, like, Hamas is like, I, 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 like, oh... We haven't gotten this guy as many fights as we're supposed to do on his contract this year, so let's just get him in there with somebody. And Gunther was the only dude they had left. Or maybe they just want to get rid of Gunther because he's really bad. Like I, I hate to say it, but he's not good. You get rid of Gunther and you make, you know, you, you add another highlight to Hamo. Exactly. Uh, so I guess it was a win-win. There are a lot of these weird fights where like there are guys who are like. I don't want to say deep in their UFC runs, but like they're they're just getting these like light touches, and and they have wins over like solid comp or have fought like really solid competition, and they get like somebody who's literally just making their UFC debut. Like Uriah Hall is fighting um, what the hell is that dude's name? Vavante Lewis or something? Hmm. Vavante Lewis, that dude's like six and zero oh and. I want to get this dude's name right. Uh, um... Oh, and I didn't even mention uh, Hamas won by submission. He took Gunther down and had his way in. Oh, yeah, in like two minutes. Uh, yeah, it was Bevan, <laughs> Bevan Lewis, who is a Jackson Wink fighter. Like, he's 6 0. He won. He beat Alton Cunningham on the, um, the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. Fight back in July, and then they were like, "Okay, you're gonna fight your eye hall next." Like, goddamn. Like, right? <laughs> where's the, where's the? Uh, hey, welcome to the natural. Yeah, like, welcome to the fucking show. Yeah. And poor John Gunter, who went from out fighting like Alan Zuniga to this. I mean, so at least he still has the mustache, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta hold on to something. <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Uh, that's uh, that that happened. Dobby Hamos continues to impress. Just jujitsu on another level. Um, so shout shout out to him. Uh, next fight rounding out the Fox Sports One's prelims. Uh, newcomer Devonte Smith, who I believe he was on the Contender Series, also correct? I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, Devonte Smith coming in from the Contender Series to fight Julian Juicy J Arosa. Uh, I don't know why I didn't like that nickname, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there were hands administered in this fight, and quickly after those hands were administered, the fight was over. Um, they had they had a quick little little feeling out process in the beginning, and uh, I think Arosa had like went for a leg kick, ate a one two, got dropped, ate some ground and pound, game over, closed the curtains. Uh, you can all go home now. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much the fight. Um, I, I don't remember. I've, I've watched the Contender Series, but I didn't watch like all of them, so I, I don't remember if I had seen Devontae before. Um, but, you know, seems like he has a pretty like good personality, so somebody who can put himself out there. Um, he, he seems to have a fan-friendly style, uh, not afraid to, to let the hands go. 
didn't really get to see much of his game because the fight ended so fast. Um, he proceeded to call out Ross Pearson. You know, pretty pretty gutsy call out for a newcomer. But you know, yeah, he he's he's got hands, so I, I guess he's feeling himself. Uh, you know, I ain't mad at you. If you, if you feel like you can make that jump, you know, go 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 ahead. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, it's worth noting. This is like his eighth first round stoppage win. Like he's it's mixed with submissions and stuff, but he's got like six knockouts, I think, in the first round. Seven. He's got seven knockouts in the first round. So, dude's a finisher. He also got he also got stopped by John Gunther. <laughs> so go figure. How did that happen? Were you like grapple? Uh, no, stops third round stoppage. I have no idea. There's no way Gunther put hands on this. I mean. <laughs> Maybe Gunther's just like one of those dudes who's just like he gets like the 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 light the spotlight hits him and he just freezes up. Who knows? But um, yeah, no, great. I mean, you can't ask for a better debut. Um, you go out there, you put the dude away inside of a minute, and you take virtually no damage. Yep, and so you can get right back out there in two weeks when the UFC needs a replacement for like. I don't know who, who, who's a late like Edson Barboza or something, because that's how they do business now. Yeah, they throw. Yeah, his next fight will be uh yeah he'll, he'll fight Gaethje next. He's like oh uh, Justin Gaethje <laughs> needs to fight in like four weeks. You're down. Right. Yeah, you know that's that's, that's how we roll now. But yeah, man, good really good debut from him. Like I said, it seems like he has a, a good personality for the sport, so it might be somebody to. You know, keep an eye on. We'll we'll see how where he goes. Um, so shout outs to Mr. Devontae Smith, who I think was a Colorado native also. So got the win in his backyard. Um, these next two fights, which will be the fight pass prelim. So I did not rewatch these. At Same. All. So I don't really remember them much. Um, but for the sake covering the card, uh, Eric Shelton. Uh, oh, this is a flyweight fight. So shout outs to them. Uh, Eric Shelton, Joseph Morales uh, went to a split decision. Um, I don't remember much of this fight other than saying that uh, Shelton moved to Florida, I want to say. Moved his whole family to, like, start a new camp. Um, and, you know, well, I, I think it was Florida. I, I could be wrong. But he moved to another state that was not his location um, to another camp to, you know, prove his career. And you know, whatever move he made seems like it worked. Um, I remember this like being a solid fight, not anything like too crazy really happened, but solid performance from Shelton. He made a move to a new camp and it seems to be paying off. So, um, you know, good win for him. Uh, kind of sucks though. He is a flyweight. Um, he doesn't look very big. So I, I, I don't know. If, uh, I'm not sure if he'll get that call to 135, but, um, he, he got the win nonetheless. So shout outs to him. And hopefully they keep you around, man. If if they don't, hopefully you can, hopefully you can land on your feet in one of these other organizations. Tachi, you know. Tachi, Tachi. <laughs> Had to make that a hashtag. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 get you guys jobs. We'll we'll campaign for you. But shout out to Eric Shelton. He got a split decision win uh, over Joseph Morales. And the last fight 
uh, which I also do not remember much really at all. Uh, Mark De La Rosa uh, beat uh, Joby Sanchez via split decision. I don't remember anything about this fight. Yeah, it was a really good uh, scrap. Um, what's his face? Uh, Sanchez tried to fight off De La Rosa on the back foot and just was not able to keep him off him enough to win the fight. Um, De La Rosa, for his part, it came out a little sloppy, but like, um, and you know, took some punishment for it, but just was able to eventually break down Sanchez a little bit enough to get ahead on points. On they were both like a, they were both a little bloodied up at the at the end of, if I remember right. Uh, this um, was actually a really good back and forth scrap. Um, like neither guy got seriously hurt, but uh, you could tell that they were doing some real damage in there. So this is a good fight. There we go. Yeah. So, Mark De La Rosa split decision over Joby Sanchez, and uh, that was it, man. That was UFC Denver. Um, it it was a pretty, it was a decent card, you know. Saturday night, not doing anything else, nothing else on TV. Throw this on. Um, but I mean, de- decent card. Like you got, uh, you know, new faces like Devonte Smith coming on, knocking people out. Uh, Davi Hamos continues to impress. Uh, you know, Macy Barber comes in, makes a pretty strong first impression um and then the 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 main event the the co-main event the main event just really just set this card off like i mean for for those who were emotionally invested in the co-main event you know i I wanted to see it but i I wasn't really too tied to it but you know it was a feel-good moment definitely if you're a a big cerrone fan he got the finish was inside of a round um you know breaks all kinds of records brings his kid in the ring it's a fun moment it's a good time um and then the, the main event just blew the roof off the building um <laughs> main event you know korean zombie yair rodriguez gave us one of the best fights this year I mean, arguably the greatest finish of um we, we didn't talk um, about it um we didn't talk about it before but this is actually the 25th anniversary of the ufc of ufc one. Oh yeah we did not mention yeah so you, yeah they had the old, yeah, they had, old school graphics old school graphics they had the old uh the old uh the old style ufc logo with the man staying on the world on it so and art jimerson's glove was in the crowd man. hey i was really happy for that because i actually tweeted out when they showed the, during the pre-fight, they were showing the ring, and I was like, I want Art Jemison's glove to make an appearance, and my God, 20 minutes later, they show Art Jemison in the crowd, and he's wearing this really large glove, and I was, <laughs> I was really happy <laughs> to see Art Jemison in, in his glove, uh, so yeah, that, that was awesome. It was cool for it to be the 25th anniversary, they showed a lot of, um, uh, they showed like a lot of clips and, and, and stuff like that, um, it made me realize, like, man, this sport, I feel like I've been watching it for a long time, but it hasn't been around that long. Like, I mean, in the way we know it, it hasn't even been around that long in, like, the past, like, what, 20 years, 12 years, yeah. whatever. Like, the UFC is 25. I'm, I'm 29. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what year, what year was it? And what year the first UFC was? 93. 93. Man, what was, what was I doing in 93? I wasn't even in Maryland in 93. So old. I think I was... 93, I would have been... I would have been like four years old. I think I was in Virginia. I, wasn't even, I didn't even know what MMA was back then. 
I mean, nobody. <laughs> nobody minus the, the the people in the crowd it, and their families. It was shoot fighting back then, man. Like, it, it was this and it was shooto. And, that, and I guess Pancras. Um, and I guess um, uh, Valley Tudo. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, uh, unless you had the hookup hookup, you, you really didn't. You really didn't know much. It's kind of wild. Like, it's. I mean, it, it was the UFC's 25th anniversary, but, like, MMA just in general since then, like, it's. It hasn't been around for so long. It's come a really long way. Like this sport has just morphed and changed and evolved and done all kinds of wild stuff. <laughs> in the, in the all the different personalities and generation of fighters and yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's 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 wild to see. Like we've literally been watching this just from like it's it's like watching a child grow. If MMA was a child, it'd be a very dysfunctional child. But <laughs> it's, it's a child nonetheless. It would be in jail. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, that child would have. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting suspended first day of school. He's fighting all the teachers. It's uh like like fist fighting all the teachers. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, it's just kind of wild when you sit back and just think like, man, this sport has really come a really really like when I when I saw Art Jimerson in the crowd and like I remember they showed um they showed the iconic highlight of uh, Gary Goodrich with the elbow. That is still one of the nastiest KOs finishes you'll ever see. Um, Gary Goodridge with the the crucifixion elbows of death. Um, forgot the guy he's fighting, but yeah, it's it's kind of wild, man. U- UFC's been around for you know twenty fifth anniversary. Sports come a long way, ups and downs, sideways, every direction you could go. The sports been in, and we we just kind of here along the ride just we're, i think we're getting dragged along at this point but we're, we're participants we complain but we, we know what we signed up for um so shout out to the ufc man 25 years going strong new new era coming next year with this espn plus we'll, we'll, that'll be weird yeah <laughs> we'll see how that goes but um yeah that, that that's gonna be a thing but uh yeah, so that's man. That's pretty much it for for uh, news and and the fight card. I don't know why I feel like I'm missing something. I thought like I wanted to expand on, but um. Oh, real quick before. Well, I oh, know we already talked about it. Well, I guess real quick now that it's official. Uh, the Robbie Lawler and Askren. Uh, we we go on Askren. I kind of feel obligated to go Askren because. I- I don't know what Robbie Lawler is going to look like. Yeah, it feels like he's breaking down. So, I'm I'm a lean Askren, but Lawler still, even when he was like, like just like I have one functional leg, but I'm still here. Like when he was fighting like a RDA, he he seemed like he was still doing pretty damn good in the takedown defense department. I just don't know if you're going to generate enough offense to the point where it's going to be dangerous for uh, Ben Askren to try coming in close distance. So, I will lean Askren. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie won. Um, but, I don't know. Rob, Robbie is kind of, he's kind of beat down. Um, the one thing, though, I could say that 
Robbie won't have to worry about so much that he did in the RDA fight. Like, RDA can smother you with takedowns, but he can also, he's a really good striker. Askren's just trying to get the takedown and beat you up. So, I mean, if, if Robbie can get out of a takedown and, I don't know, catch Askren coming inside, he might flatline. It might be over. But he also could get taken down and savagely beaten. Or maybe, maybe not even savagely beaten. Just held down, controlled, and ground and pounded. And then it'd be one of those fights. But yeah. I don't know like if the UFC is trying to use this as a springboard, like Askren or whatever, because... Like, is anybody on the cheer to see Robbie Lawler just held down and, like, kind of pitter-pattered for 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is a punishment fight or a reward fight for Askren. Because it's not a gimme fight in any stretch of the imagination. Which, I don't know. It further confuses me as to why, like, you traded Mighty Mouse for Askren as if Askren is, like... Askren is not the prototype for a fighter that the UFC would push. Like, and, like, he's a heel. And I, I don't know if the UFCs know this, but, like, they're in su- no one likes anybody at welterweight. Like, anybody. <laughs> like, people don't like Usman, people don't like Covington, people don't like Till, people don't like Woodley, people don't like Wonderboy. <laughs> I, like, I feel like Wonderboy had a good thing going, and then the Woodley fight ruined it for him. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, uh, I, I, like... Bring in a baby face. The world needs Sage Northcutt. Like, is he still a free agent? He is still a free agent, and there's talks that he might be joining one, which yeah, would go, which would go a huge way for them getting a TV deal. Yeah. So, uh, and then to, to add to that, I mean, Sage, Sage was in Singapore. He um, was. He was there. Yep. He was one of the three people that Chat Tree Sidyatong, um mentioned as being in attendance for the card. The other two are Demetrius Johnson and Alvarez, so Sage already be mentioned with the Greeks. Yeah. Making moves. Get getting that getting that foreign money. He's gonna take that um take that Ben Askren's old title. See that was that was the real that was the real trade. <laughs> there we go. That was the trade that we didn't know about. Cause, uh a- Askren for uh for Sage. Yeah. Yeah, because Sage will go up and who who'd who have to beat T- Tyler McGuire? And, oh, I forgot who Tyler's fighting. Seb- Sebastian something. Um, yeah, you know if 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 if, if, uh, if Sage gets a world title, he's gonna be on every TV, every commercial. They'll 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 they'll, they'll treat him well over there. But he's starting to become self-aware, and it's scaring me. <laughs> See, like he, he's growing up. Like. <laughs> Like he posted a picture of himself. Well, he's supposed to. He posts a picture of himself every few hours, but like there's one of him in Singapore, and it's the caption is just Singapore. It's him standing in front of like. I'm not even sure if it's like a painting or a building or what, but it's scary. It, it, there's, if it, it feels like there's a threat. <laughs> oh man! And then there's one with him just standing in like. Um, I, I guess you can call it open cabinet space. And he looked at like, um, like he's becoming self-aware, and I can't even describe it to you. So I need you to describe it to the audience for me. Hold on a second. I gotta hope I can look at this my computer for okay. That should be good. I think. And the caption on this tweet is now that's lifelike. 
Oh God. Sages, he's he's growing up, ladies and gentlemen. He he knows that we all think he's a Ken doll. <laughs> Hold up. What is going on here? He's usually just standing in a cabinet. <laughs> Sage, what are you doing? And he's making it look like he's an actual doll. And he knows. <laughs> We're about to lose Sage. <laughs> this is so creepy. <laughs> this might be the uh, the picture for the episode. <laughs> oh man, I did not think we were going to talk about Sage in this podcast, but he just finds his way in. Uh... <laughs> like, what's that rule about? Like everything on the internet eventually comes back to zombies, uh, Nazis. Everything on the Dojo Talk podcast eventually comes back to Sage Northcutt. Yeah, he brings everything full circle. Yeah. One of the true bizarre <laughs> personalities, existences in these, the sport of MMA. Oh, man. Maybe just sports in general. The world can never have too much Sage. He's needed. He's needed in this world. He has a purpose. He's here. He's got to be the counterbalance yeah. to all the heels. Exactly. He's gonna come. He's gonna just blast into one championship. So I am a real American, <laughs> and take all the belts. Oh man, he's definitely a two division champ. He's, he's gonna. He has to fight Eddie Alvarez. Oh man, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the plan is coming together. <laughs> real quick before we get out of here, I wanted to mention this uh, during the notes. Just quick thoughts. Uh, Chad Menez and Volkanovski. <laughs> Um, they gave, uh, I was going to say, no, no, that doesn't work. They're not really that similar. I was going to say they gave Ch uh, Volkanovski a better version of himself, but it's not true. Um, I don't know, it'll be interesting because this is probably the first time Volkanovski's going to fight somebody who's like his height. Because he's really short. Um, he's not going to be able to take down Mendes, like, I'm sorry. Like he's a really good wrestler, but I don't think he's going to be able to take down Mendez. I think it's a really piss poor matchup for him in that sense. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Mendez by KO. Yeah, I, I like this fight. I feel like it's two little tanks fighting each other. Two, I mean, two, who doesn't like that? Yeah, two little two little jack dudes, two little small miniature superheroes. Um, but yeah, I think Mendez has kind of been there, done that, fought the best of the best. Um, I like Volkanovski, but yeah, I got Mendez by KO. Just want to get quick thoughts on that. Um, so yep, that is uh, it for the fight. So uh, we will move on to uh, parting shots and shout outs, which if my computer uh, would cooperate, <laughs> be able to get my shout out off. Um, so I'll, I'll just have to do this by memory because my computer is not uh, going to let me do this. But um, uh, on an MMA related note. Uh, shout outs to one championship. Um, they had a card, I believe it was very, very early uh, Saturday morning. Um, this card was supposed to have been headlined by uh, Angela Lee and uh, uh, God, what's her name? Jing. Uh, but uh, Angela Lee got injured. She had to pull out. Uh, so the new main event uh, was Bibiano Fernandez and Kevin Bellignon. Um, overall, it was a pretty good card. I was watching it at work, so I didn't get a chance to, you know, catch it, like, in its entirety as I would a normal card. But, 
Um, good card overall. Um, it was a Giorgio Petrosian sighting. He had a pretty one-sided beatdown fight that he had. Um, but shout-outs to Kevin Bellingon, man. He um, he had a really close fight with Bibiano. Uh, Bibiano's been champ over there for a pretty long time. And Kevin pulled it off, man. He, he eked off a really close um, decision. Pretty sure we're going to see a rematch. It was a really good fight. Um, I was watching it. Like I said, I was watching it while I was at work. So it was hard for me to score, but I remember thinking that Bellignon was going to get the nod because it, it seemed like to me he was landing more. Bibiano was getting takedowns, and he controlled the fight, but I feel like he didn't do like a ton of damage as to where Bellignon, um, he, had, he dropped Fernandez like once or twice. He was landing some good spinning back kicks. Um, there was one point, I can't remember which round. Um, I want to say it was towards the latter rounds, maybe like the fourth or the fifth. Um, he had uh, Bibiano on the ground. He was landing some nasty ground and pound, man. It was Bellignon fought his heart out, man. He, he fought a really hard fight, um, and that was Bibi Bibiano. Is was on an eight-year, fourteen-fight winning streak, and Bellignon ended that um, and became and they unified the titles because Bellignon was a interim champ. So. Big props, big shout-outs to, to Bellignon for pulling that off, man. That's a really big win for his career. Um, really hard-fought win. Uh, so, shout-outs to them, and I'm pretty sure we'll get a rematch of that. And well, what, what if they won the pivot to um, to Demetrius Johnson as champion? I don't know. We'll see, because they got this, this Grand Prix coming up, so... Then again, um, it would be a trilogy fight because this is like the th this would be the third fight, right? Yeah, because um, yeah, Bibiano I think submitted him the first time pretty quick. Um, yeah, so they'll probably get a trilogy out of this, and then Mighty Mouse will come in and he'll probably not fight either. Uh, probably not <laughs> fight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. He might not. His teammate. Ah, okay, yeah. But either way, man, that was, that was a really really awesome fight. Um, and my last shout-out, uh, on a non-MMA-related note, uh, shout-outs to a comic book that I just read yesterday, um, entitled Trill League, uh, written by Anthony Piper. Um, if you guys, if anybody follows Anthony Piper or you knew about his Kickstarter, uh, this been a comic that has pretty much been in works for a while. Um, I donated, I don't remember how long ago I donated to that Kickstarter, um, but... Uh, I got my comic book yesterday, um, got issue one, and then I uh, believe, depending on what package you bought, um, he sent out a uh, digital download to issue zero, which is like a prelude uh, before the comic book starts, which you should read, because um, it, it still all ties into the story. But um, <laughs> truly is a very entertaining comic book. Um, it's like a black version of the Justice League. Um, I feel like this comic book is like if, if the Boondocks was about superheroes. You would, you would get this. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty entertaining read. Um, the the book is only issue one. Um, it's actually a pretty quick read. I, I got through it in I don't know, probably like 20 minutes. I think I just put on some music and just read it. Um, but Anthony Piper, Trill League, uh, really good art design. Love the character designs. Um, you can definitely tell like where his anime and hip-hop uh, influences come from. Um you see Naruto influences in here. Um, you get a lot of music references in here. A couple Drake drops. Um, it's, it was a pretty entertaining read, man. I, I was 
I've been pretty high anticipating getting this book and I read it yesterday and it it, it lived up to what I had hoped it was going to be. So shout outs to Anthony Piper. Uh, the comic is called Trill League. Um, I don't know if the copies were just restricted to Kickstarter backers, but if you can still get a copy of this um, and you're a comic book fan and if you like like hip hop and anime, I think this is for you. Give this a look. Pretty dope. Uh, Pretty, pretty entertaining read. Quick read. You, you can get through it pretty quick, but really nice artwork. Um, all that good stuff. So, shout out to Anthony Piper and uh, Trill League comic book. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to throw any shots this week. I think I'm okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on shots. I'll, I'll, I'll let people live. So, that's all I got for, uh, for uh, party shots and shout outs. All right. Uh, shout out to um, Sharice Davids, uh, former mixed martial artist, um, turned U.S. Congresswoman. Um, she be, uh, you know, midterms are last week, and uh, she was elected to the House of Representatives, and she will be representing Kansas's third district. Uh, she is one of the first two Native American women to ever be elected into office. Um, I think she's also the first LGBT woman to ever represent the state of Kansas. I could be wrong about that last one, though. So, um, shouts to her. You know, showing this is not a dead-end sport. There is life after the sport, if, if you want there to be. Granted, she's an attorney, so it's a little different, but... Point being, she's not going to come back to the sport, which is always the healthiest possible thing. So shouts to her, um, and also shouts to the U.S. women's boxing team, which is going to be competing uh, this week, starting on November fifteenth, over in New Delhi at the ABA Women's World Championships. Um, they got ten women going. Uh, what's the name? Giselle uh, Bo- uh, Boda uh, Virginia Fuchs, Christina Cruz, Rihanna Ramos, Stacey Estellos, uh, Amelia Moore, O'Shea Jones, Naomi Graham, Crystal Dixon, and Danielle Perkins are all going to go over in New Delhi competing for the U.S. trying to bring home uh, gold medals. Um, it's an interesting year. Uh, if I go back to 2015, I want to say none of the uh, the only woman who won a gold medal for the U.S was actually Clarissa Shields, who's currently a pro. Um, yeah, she was the only woman to win a, a gold medal for the U.S. Um, so, actually, looking at it now, none of the women who won medals uh, for the U.S. at that Olympic Games are going to be, or at that World Championship, are going to be at the, um, are going to be competing this time out. So, a whole... Slew of fresh new faces. Hopefully somebody brings home a gold medal so I don't cry. <laughs> there you go. Let's just keep the anti cool from crying. Yeah. <laughs> um Oh, real quick I forgot to mention because I didn't get to watch it. Uh, the Tony Baloo fight. Oh right. Bellew. Um So, Alexander Usyk, uh Tony Bellew, um Usyk knocks Bellew out in the eighth round on, if I remember correctly, a left uh, from Southpaw, a left, not quite a hook, but not quite a straight, somewhere in between, which I guess would technically make it a hook, but whatever. Um, 
Yeah, no, it was actually, I want to say it was a competitive fight, because it, it kind of wasn't, like, it was swinging in one direction, but Bellew was hanging in there. Uh, he was doing his dance, you know, try to keep it close, try to stay competitive. Um, but just at the end of the day, like, Usyk just moves too well, too fast. Um, he was doing a really just, um, kind of just muting any attempt by Bellew to counter because he wasn't spamming his jab like he normally does. So, um, really great knockout. Bellew goes almost all the way through the ropes. Like, he kind of just falls down onto them. Could easily just falling out and, like, kind of falling on top of them and just, like, slid out. Um, but props to Usyk, who's who in who has cleared out um, cruiserweight like he he won the WBSS tournament with all the best fighters in the division in the tournament the number two dude in the tournament beat the number one dude ranked on the planet and now just beat Bellu who was the only other guy with a ranking who he hadn't beaten yet it was at, and props to the W uh, the World Boxing Super Series because this fight probably doesn't happen if. Uh, Usyk doesn't win that tournament, and it, uh, this were kind of, I don't want to say looking grim, but like Cruiserweight's a weird division where like the only guys who are in it are like Russian or like Eastern European, so they're like there isn't a big money market for them. So like it took something like Usyk winning the tournament to get the Bellu fight, which was a big money fight for him, and sets up a fight potentially with Anthony Joshua. So shouts. There you go. So, boxing always going on. Always fights going on. Plenty of fights talking about. Um, real quick, breaking article I just saw. It don't mean nothing, but I'm going to say it just to say it. Uh, Dana White offers little clarity <laughs> on future of UFC's flyweight division. Uh, quote from one Dana, we're working on some things with that division, White said. Dillashaw wants to win two belts. There's five or six guys who have done it. He wants to do it. Uh, Cejudo was absolutely fine fighting at that weight instead of going to 135, so we made it. So, he said a lot to say a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Division's gone. Division's <laughs> yeah. gone. Guys are getting fired. Nobody's being, like, it's... Division's gone. Yeah, it's out of here. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. But... I, I'm assuming what's going to happen is they're going to try to corral them all into, um... Something they can put on Fight Pass. Maybe not like a new organization, but like get somebody under their under their purview to go like, hey, we need you to sign all these flyweights and start booking them. Because okay. we, we want to keep them in-house, but we don't want them in-house. In so. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But plenty more fights to talk about. Next week, we got uh, Ponzi and uh, Neil Magny going down. Um eventually we'll get to Wilder and Fury that's actually planned in the movie theaters um, I don't know I'm probably not going to go to the movies to see it but that's that's that's, that's going to be fun oh your boy Enrique Barzola fights on the yeah. yeah so yeah plenty more fights to talk about man so you guys uh, stay posted plenty of content coming um, and like I said before man we're on Spotify now give us a follow on Spotify Share with your friends. Help us grow. Uh, my book, The Oddball Chronicles, will be out by the time you guys hear this. There will be a link in the description for that below. So you can support me for 99 cents. Keep me off the streets. Maybe pay a bill or two. Um, 
and all that good stuff. But this has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.